0: Test, test, test? Nothing yet. Test, 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 I can't tell. Hey, can you hear me? Can anyone hear me or no? Okay, how's it sound? Is it fine? Is everything good? Okay, cool. Then let's start the music. All you mama-jamas out there, you bad and bougie bitches, <laughs> uh, you uh, foreign policy heads, everyone, people all over the world, whether you're in Long Beach, Compton, or Inglewood, <laughs> everywhere, welcome to the Fred Hampton Inn of Suites. We got a special one for you today. Gotta be honest, y'all are gonna learn that I, I've been tricking. A lot of you people. That's right, I didn't mean to, but I've been tricking a lot of people into thinking I know more about shit than I do, and... Whew, there's a lot to know. I'll say that. Well, welcome to another episode of the Fred Hampton in the Suites. Hope you are enjoying your stay. Uh... Let's just go ahead and dive right into this one. This is uh, a subject that you can go down a rabbit hole very quickly, uh, and for good reason. Um, Despite the lack of coverage this is getting on a lot of uh, mainstream media, and it gets coverage, don't get me wrong, there's there's plenty of it. it, it doesn't seem to be getting enough coverage given the risk that we're actually facing right now. Um, Got a lot of coverage in the beginning of the war, and now it's just sort of fallen off. And I'm of course talking about Ukraine, uh, specifically the war going on, the Russo-Ukrainian war, uh, which it's arguable that this is a continuation of. And boy oh boy, uh, there's a lot to cover. A lot to cover and, and, we're not going to spend too much time on certain things because I have the, uh, a, a lot of very smart people, listen to this show, who have been following this uh, a lot better than I have. But I want to set up sort of the context of today's conversation and where we're going from here. Um, so the Russo-Ukrainian War, what is it? How did we get here? what happened and Shelly, yes, there is a war going on. I don't know if you knew that. Um, so let's, let's wind back just a couple of days ago. Okay. Uh, this past Thursday or Friday, I think it was October 7th that this happened, either October 7th, maybe October 8th. Um, there's a bridge that goes between Russia and, uh, or not uh, Ukraine and Crimea, uh, which the Russians built in 2014, that was bombed. Now, we don't know very many details about how it was bombed. We know that the side of the bridge that was bombed was the side that was going from Crimea into Ukraine. Uh, people suspect, and early reports say it was a car bomb that exploded very dramatically. Uh, ended up killing, I believe, three civilians who were on that bridge. But if you see the videos of it, it's pretty shocking. Uh, doesn't look like, uh, I'll say this, it's it's a huge explosion. If you see the damage that it caused, the bridge is still operational to some extent. But uh, whole sections of that bridge have been destroyed completely. Uh, and the morning... Uh, and in the days that followed, Russia has been attacking Ukraine, uh, with ballistic missiles, uh, launching a bunch of, uh, long distance attacks on Ukraine, going back into Kiev, where, which they have, the Russians have kind of been out of for the, for months now. And it seems like things are escalating. So how did we get here? Why are we here? Let's talk a little bit about the history. So... At least since 2014, it starts way before 2014, but at least since 2014, Russia and Ukraine have been uh, in some form of conflict or another. In the time leading up to 2014, uh, you had uh, America expanding and and a lot of the other European nations expanding NATO. Uh you had, in 2014, the U.S. tried to back a coup in Ukraine. Uh, you have neo-Nazis in the Azov Battalion, a section of the Ukrainian military, which have a history here. You have Russia fighting over Crimea in the Donbass region, which used to be part of the USSR. Uh, annexing Crimea in 2014. It's a lot. Uh, too many... Details here for me to pretend that I know everything that led up to this war. And for the call in section, if someone is very good at this part of the history, I would love to know more. Uh, Because, long story short, Russia is fighting over a portion of territory, two portions of territory, mainly Crimea and Donbass, which have a lot of Russian speaking population who were incorporated, those regions were incorporated into Ukraine. And it's not exactly, I'll say this, there, was plenty, uh, there were plenty of people who did not like that incorporation in Ukraine, and plenty of people who live in those territories of Crimea and Donbass. A lot of Russian-speaking population lives there, a lot of people who actually do sympathize with Putin and Russia, and identify themselves more as Russian. But you also have people in those areas who identify as Ukrainian. There's a lot of conflicts going on between them. A lot of the Azov Battalion kind of terrorizing people in those regions as well. Uh, Russia escalating military tensions there too, or you could say escalating. It's it's really tough to say, but it's a mess, okay? It's a mess, and it's a proxy war. I think the thing that's really important to understand here is that this region, these regions in particular, and Ukraine— have been sort of a proxy for NATO and especially for the u s to expand its influence in that region and to pressure to use uh to pressure Russia into compliance into losing power into losing territory and I think that part is a little is kind of unquestionable from what I've been reading um, and how I understand it so Ukraine is sort of this pawn in America's uh in the scheme of American hegemony uh, would really suck to be Ukraine right now. Uh, and it's it, it, everything I read leading up to this makes it seem like uh, they've had limited control. So we'll continue on for a bit. Were things of course the invasion happens I think it was back in April 2022. Uh, Russia had been warning for a while that if there was NATO expansion, they would invade these regions and go and liberate the people. Putin says that they're going in there to denazify the regions. And again, there are neo-Nazis who are, who are officially part of Ukraine's military. That is true. But to characterize the entire nation of Ukraine as, um, neo-Nazis is, is absurd. Uh, but what level who can say, uh, and i would refer you to reporting by people like aaron mate to to get a better understanding of sort of the the makeup of the populations of ukraine of ukraine who are involved the people who are actually you know make up their population how zelensky came to power uh those are questions that again are better answered by people like aaron mate uh what's important here is that since russia has invaded ukraine Zelensky and Ukraine have wanted to, you know, rightfully so, they want to repel the Russians, but there's an indication that they want to go further. They want to escalate tensions and they want to basically make it uh, to use the fact that they are a proxy state for the U.S. to ramp tensions up in order to force the U.S. and NATO to have more involvement in the war. Now, that's arguable, right? It's arguable we could talk all day, and we're going to talk for a good amount of time about what the actual motivations of Zelensky's uh, government are and why they would benefit from having the U.S. and NATO get more directly involved in the war. But it's, again, some of these motivations are sympathetic here for Zelensky, though. If you're trying to basically repel someone who invaded your territory, you want to get your big brother involved, right? You want to get the big nations involved. So far, NATO has not been directly involved in military conflicts, but that's also debatable because then we get into this whole discussion as to what do you mean by directly involved? But I'm getting ahead of myself. All we need to know at this point is when the war starts, the U.S. and NATO, but especially the U.S., starts sending shit tons of weapons to Ukraine. Now, we don't know where a lot of these weapons have gone. There are reports that billions and billions of dollars worth of weapons are just poof. We have no idea where they're at. They can wind up in the black markets. They can wind up at the hands of the Azov Battalion. Many will uh, end up in the hands of some of the more extremist groups in Ukraine. But we're giving them weapons and we're giving them something called defensive weapons. And I'm using air quotes. I know you can't see me, but imagine that like I'm rolling my eyes when I say this defensive weapons. Um, And I'm always saying that because what, what is a defensive weapon, right? Versus an offensive weapon. Uh, The way that the U S has kind of been defining it so far is, well, we don't want to give them weapons that will allow them to strike into Russia and Russian territory from Ukraine. So anything that's a super long range weapon is considered an offensive weapon, generally speaking. But again, that's not always true because we've supplied a lot of um, anti-air missiles to Ukraine and a lot of other military equipment that goes pretty far. You know, if you're gonna hit a plane out of the sky or if you're gonna hit a missile out of the sky, you would imagine that has some range on it. And again, when we don't have a lot of accounting for these weapons, it's tough to say. Um, but things, you know, in the early parts of the war, at least, Russia seemed to be making gains, but then hit a stalemate pretty quickly. They were unable to keep making progress. They were, uh, the Ukrainian forces that were bolstered by American weaponry and NATO weaponry and with their support, were able to push back Russia quite through quite a bit of territories. And Let's be clear here. Russia also is actively holding back. Uh, they have. We know they're a nuclear power. We know they have a bunch of different weapons that they could that they could be using. Uh, but in the same way that America is sort of supplying weapons and trying to supply uh, enough weapons to basically allow Ukraine to fight or to maybe go on the offensive, but we're trying to play coy. Like, we don't want to give them weapons that could be seen as offensive weaponry because we don't want to escalate tensions. I think Russia is doing a version of that, too. By not bombing the living hell out of Kiev, or Kiev, by by not... Uh, they could be doing a lot more damage than they're doing right now. I think that's clear. Um, so they've kind of been at a, a somewhat of a stalemate of sorts, except that Ukraine has been recently... If we're believing these different reports, and again, it's wartime, so figuring out who's telling the truth and who's not, a lot of it is fog of war. A lot of it we just don't have the details of. And you saw examples of this early on in the war. The stories of like the ghost of Kiev or Kiev or whatever, and he's, you know, this f- legendary fighter pilot who had felled like 50 planes, Russian planes. Uh, there's no evidence. That, that existed. It was a propaganda story, right? The uh, Russian warship fuck off guys who were engaged by a Russian warship and then told them, hey, go fuck off. And then they all supp- supposedly died in a last stand of Ukrainian glory. Those guys are still alive. They were captured and they're, they're still alive and they're here. So uh, there's a lot of these reports. We have to think whenever we're reading about the Ukrainian war, whenever we're trying to figure out what's going on on the ground, that... You have propaganda that's being put out there. You have uh, things that are just hard to verify because getting people on the ground to, to see everything that's going on in a war zone is very difficult. But all that being said, right, it seems like Russia could be doing a lot more militarily. Uh, but they've held back. And then we get to, I believe it was Let's go to February of 2022, okay? This is a, this is where things in my reading really start to escalate. So Russia is a petrol state. The vast majority of their uh, income as a nation comes from oil, sending it out, mostly supplying a lot of places in Europe, including Germany. There's a pipeline called the Nord Stream Pipeline. Maybe you've heard of it. It is a pipeline running from Russia, basically to Europe. I think it goes directly to Germany, if I don't, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And let me give you some details on just this Nord Stream pipeline. This is pre any kind of attack uh, going on. And I see you both in the queue. I love you both. I will. I promise you. I will get to you. I uh, scouts honor. Um, but I want to set up this. This is the Nord Stream pipeline. So. Uh, we're gonna take a little listen to this. Okay. This is a video from uh, a, a YouTube channel called Business Standard. And apparently the uh, it's Raghav Argwal who wrote the script for this. So let's just listen. Let me know if this sounds good.
1: Nord Stream 1 is the biggest pipeline transporting natural gas between Russia and Europe via Germany. It runs from Viborg in Russia to Greifswald in Germany. In 2021, Russia supplied nearly 40% of the EU's natural gas needs through this pipeline. It is majorly owned by Gazprom. The twin-pipeline system of Nord Stream can transport 55 billion cubic meters of gas from Russia to Europe through the Baltic Sea. What is the politics around Nord Stream 1? Russia is using the supplies via the crucial pipeline as a bargain to navigate its economy through sanctions from the Western countries imposed in response to its invasion of Ukraine in February. Why the pipeline is significant for Germany? Energy prices in Germany, Europe's largest economy, are among the lowest in the continent. This is made possible due to cheap gas supplies via Nord Stream 1. This also makes German manufactured goods more competitive in the international market. Russian threats to choke this gas supply to Europe present an economic threat to Germany. To expand its options and double the gas supply from Russia, Germany had decided to build Nord Stream 2. But it was halted in February post Russia's attack on Ukraine.
0: Okay, so Nord Stream Pipeline supplying more than 40% of, I think, Europe's uh, oil, or at least Germany's. I forget what the video said. Uh, EU's. All the EU's natural gas since 2021. That's a lot of gas. That's a lot of gas. And the plans were to build an additional pipeline, the Nord Stream 2. But construction, again, was suspended back in February of 2022 after Russia invaded Ukraine. Um, And here I'm going to I don't know if I need to no, nah, I, nah, I don't need to do that one. It's a, it's another video. I do want to get Shelly in here before I continue on. Um because Shelly's gotta leave to go do something. But we'll we'll come back to this. So put a pin in it. This is 40% of the natural gas, and we're talking about how things escalate. And I promise you, Shardell, that I will get to you, or Shardal I, I love you. I cherish you. You are my friend. Um, let me get Shelly in here just because I know she has to leave. What up, Shelly? What's going on?
2: Hey, Bide. I'll try to be fast. And thank you, Shardall. I'm so sorry. I to bump you. <laughs> um, okay. So, so what exactly... So, I mean, you know, you're setting up this episode as far as, like, the bridge. Like, what is it that we're wanting to, like, narrow down or, like...
0: Where do we... Basically, what... Uh, that that I don't know, it makes more sense at the end of it. Yeah, basically here's here's the long story short of it is uh we need to be in we need to be pushing peace talks. We need to be pushing diplomacy. Absolutely. The the route that we're currently on is one of escalation with no clear indication as to why. And that's what is really sort of making me rack my brain about this shit. Like even as we go on, I'm gonna be talking about basically how um the U.S, since uh, the initial days of the uh, war, and even since uh, I don't know, there's Ken Klippenstein report. I'm trying to find the date, but that the U.S uh, has had a CIA presence and a special operations personnel in Ukraine.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And now they have even more people in Ukraine than there were at the time of the Russian invasion in February. And this, this um, Zelensky in response to this bridge explosion, which seems like, see, what now?
2: He wants, he's he's advocating for a preemptive nuclear strike.
0: Well, well, I haven't heard that yet. What I heard is he met with G7. This is what the reporting is saying. He met with G7. He is asking for additional anti-aircraft and longer range weaponry. And Biden has already promised that they're going to continue the U.S.'s support and they're going, that we're going to send more weapons. There's a debate right now going on between whether or not the U S is going to send F 16s. And, uh, I forget the specific type of missile, but another missile that is an anti aircraft missile, which would help with defensive capabilities for these types of strikes that, um, Russia is doing in response to the bridge explosion, but it, it, Uh, These missiles can absolutely be used for offensive purposes. And here's what I am. My main point here is, and as we go over some of this data or some of these stories, it will make sense that there are clear signs or there's a lot of evidence that some of this stuff that's going on is meant to escalate tensions with Russia. And that Russia is not the one escalating here. Now, I'm not absolving Russia of shit, okay? They invade a sovereign nation. I know they have their reasons. I know they were pushed in. There's a lot of argument that could be had there. P- fact of the matter is, I, the civilians who are still in Ukraine who are being bombed or who have to be en- endure the war, even if they're being displaced, the millions of people have dis- been displaced, you still have to take ownership of that. And I expect Russia... Russia has to take ownership of what they've done with that too. That being said, the destruction of the Nord Stream pipeline, that, which looks like clear sabotage, mm-hmm. clear sabotage. Even the Swedish investigators who have looked at it now are saying, okay, this was sabotage. Mm-hmm. And then the bridge explosion in Crimea meant to look like a lone wolf attack. And maybe it is, but that looks pretty fucking coordinated, dog, to me. Yep. And what I see is sort of a strategic, just the tip war plan, where we keep fucking Russia just a little bit more. And when I say we, I mean both Ukraine. And uh, look, I understand at least Ukraine doing it more than I understand us doing it. But there are also a lot of indications that we are doing the same thing, that we are helping. This explosion of the Nord Stream pipeline, there's a lot of circumstantial evidence, or there's, there's stuff that seems fishy. Some of the statements that Biden has said, about like uh, basically like oh we have our ways if if Russia doesn't play nice then we can make sure the Nord Stream pipeline is gone and he's asked by a reporter how did that happen and he's like oh basically we have our ways and I'll play that clip but there were deleted tweets from a Polish politician who was married to I think like a, a state official
3: Apple thank
0: yes yes thanking the U.S. for the pipeline bombing and that that's been deleted now. Again, I don't know how much stock to put into that because we see, uh, we we I, I live in this country of the United States of America, but you see people who are elected representatives and stuff who tweet shit all the time without like, who do not represent the US's official stance on foreign policy or something like that, right? So- And this one's a little different because it is someone who was married to a state official in the State Department or or, uh, married to a state official. But it's it's the uh, the long story short is things are fishy. Things are fishy that we may be trying to escalate tensions while pretending we're not. And when something like an attack on Crimea can be considered by Putin and Russia, to be attacking Russian territory, which is one of the justifications that they have in their charter for the use of nuclear weapons. It seems so fucking stupid to me that we would be doing anything right now as a country than trying to de-escalate tensions, meaning these weapon shipments that we're putting and giving over there too, probably if not significantly drop, they have to stop. The push should not be to continue this war, to continue drawing this out. Um, It should absolutely be to find a solution. And since there's also evidence of the U.S. uh, and Boris Johnson, (coughs) excuse me, when he was still Prime Minister of the U.K., stepping in back in April of 2022 to stop a negotiated peace deal, a tentative peace deal between Russia and Ukraine, uh, when they those two countries had agreed to it, the two fucking countries at war had agreed tentatively, but they they agreed to terms for Boris Johnson to stop that. There is no way he's stopping that without the U.S. backing, and that is what's scaring me. Is this this weird sort of just the tape or just the tip foreign policy warfare approach and? That's what, uh, in talking about Ukraine now, the, the things I'm trying to figure, or the things that I'm really trying to emphasize are those points. Um, anyway, thank you yeah, for coming no. to my TED Talk.
2: Yes, I, I enjoyed your TED Talk. I I would clap. Um, uh, so, I, as far as the whole situation goes, number one, the entire Western European nations have been waging a war on Russia since 1917. That's the thing that we have to first understand. Russia was allies with Britain and France the first world war. It wasn't until the Tsarist government got overthrown. And then you have, I can't remember, if someone that knows like Woodrow Wilson, there's talking about like, and then there's Winston Churchill saying, right. wrangled the Bolshevik baby in its crib. The entire point of World War II was to let Nazi Germany destroy the Soviet Union. That was the entire point. They were hoping that, that Germany would go east and absolutely destroy the Soviet Union, and then they wouldn't have to worry about it.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: then they temporarily allied with the Soviet Union to beat back the Nazis because the Nazis invaded France and Britain and all the other type of stuff. And then we immediately established Operation Gladio we immediately did Operation Paperclip where we took thousands upon thousands of Nazis in to the United States government where we allied with Richard Galen, who was their head intelligence op- operative to fight against the Soviet Union. The only thing, the only reason why we were ever allies with the Soviet Union was to just get their territory back. And then we immediately went to war with the Soviet Union. And so this, I would actually have to say it starts a lot longer before that. Russia is a humongous land sure. that, that has so many natural resources. What do capitalists want? They want natural resources.
0: Yeah, but I would I would push back a little bit. I would push back just a little bit on that because Russia is sort of a failing petro state to some extent now, right? Their, their, their natural resources being mainly just petroleum, which is making them weaker and weaker with each passing year, especially as um, – you know, especially as the, the world economy begins to have to at least confront the idea of shifting away from that. I, I no, do not disagree at all. The
2: world's largest resource of rare earth minerals as well.
0: More than so Africa? We, like lithium and, uh, and the like, what do you mean rare well, earth minerals? Exactly. I
2: don't necessarily. I mean, China has a good portion of them. Russia has a good portion of them. Africa has a good portion of them, but yeah. I do think that the supplies in Russia are well known. And so we we know that they have a ton. They also have a ton of arable land, so for food production and all that other type of stuff. Then there's oil. Then if you think about the resources that allow you to even power, like nuclear energy power plants and all. So any type of green revolution is going to involve Russia.
0: Well, it'd have to it'd have to involve yeah. everyone for sure. But I mean, oh, yeah. I, I I I have a harder time believing that they that they even want Russia for its natural resources. I think they want Russia gone because they yeah. have this idea of Russia as this big, nasty, world-conquering enemy in their heads. I think I, what, my big question at the end of this is really, what the fuck... What, like, when you're, when you're confronting nuclear war, like nuclear holocaust, the end of the human species, you better give me a real good fucking reason why we should be doing this shit. Because if I'm going to kill everyone on the fucking planet and end my species as I know it and destroy this planet, which is like a fucking miracle for existing, that better have a good goddamn reason for it.
2: Yeah, and, and a good goddamn reason is United States hegemony.
0: Yeah, but that's the, that's the thing, is that I don't even think it's a, the reason of like, we need Russian resources I think it's just fucking this hegemony shit. And that's what I don't fucking... I cannot wrap my head around it. Because what you've, is the...
2: have never held um, any type motherfuckers. of power. These people... But no, it,
0: so it's... Hard. But why? What's the point of holding power if you create a wasteland of it? Like, what's the fucking point, dude? Like, that's so dumb. It's so fucking stupid. Like, dude, just like... I, I just don't... I literally don't get it. And my problem here is that in all this reading that I've been doing to prepare for this show and all the research I've been doing and just trying to figure out what the fuck is going on and why we're there, no one has really answered that question in a way that's satisfactory yet. And that to me is fucking shocking. And yes, natural gas is great, but y'all we're natural. We don't like, we don't need it as badly as I think people think we do going up ahead. Maybe that's, Because, look, it's not the only way. Like, if if there's one thing I believe that capitalists will do is if there is like a, I don't know. Well, that's tough to say. I do know this. I do know that BP and Chevron and even these fucking people who are responsible for destroying so much of the planet are some of the people who are pushing nuclear energy the most Mm -hmm. right now. And they're trying to convert. They're trying to get so even they see the writing on the wall right so the idea that we would invade russia and risk nuclear war for gas only i think is a little
2: well i'm not saying uh, gas i specifically right. said they want to have so the green revolution is an untapped source
3: mm-hmm.
2: so if for example if countries decided to put a, put aside their histories to drop all the war to do all that bullshit then that means that we'd have to work together, and that means that all of us would rise together. And they don't want that.
0: when he, they don't want us to rise. Well, they don't want us to rise together. But like, I, yeah. I, I fail to see why that involves Russia exactly or the Green Revolution, right? Like, because that's
2: people like Russia and China have a lot of the materials and all of the resources. To yeah, but not I,
0: I just don't. I think China in particular I, – I, I, but I, I don't think it's a resource thing. I honestly don't. like Because if it was just a resource thing, they would be all up back in Africa hard. And they're in Africa, but not nearly as hard as they could be. Uh,
3: no,
2: I, I, I think they're – I think they're saving – I think the reason why they're not paying attention to Africa as much – now, obviously, we have troops over there and all that other type of stuff. Right. Because it's not – we've kept – africa underdeveloped they don't that's true too the weapons to fight us back they don't have the militaries they don't have it we've kept them in that state so what they have to do is they have to knock out the actual people that are more developed that also have those resources because heaven forbid russia china africa india like all these other countries work together yeah that's that's really what I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to cut off the threat to their hegemony and then, yeah. they'll, then they'll crush Africa later.
0: I, they, I think you, the hegemony from what for, I, it seems so stupid to me, but I think the hegemony is the main motivating factor. And I actually wish that there was like, I, in my heart, I kind of wish that there was some kind of, broader justification for it like i hope something leaks from the cia that shows that like russia has been creating like demon babies all along and they're like they have a whole demon baby army that's underneath you know the soil ready to rise up and you know like fuck us all to death or whatever they're going to do right like it's just i i wish there was something to justify this kind of panic over it but what i'm seeing right now is like
2: it's there's not see
0: that's that isn't that that's a little I feel like a fucking crazy person though which is like if really that's how important it is to you dudes like why who gives a fuck like who cares I don't fucking care like it's why I don't get it like I I it breaks my fucking brain I I literally cannot find a justification for it that that is like logical or makes sense it's and just then, and
2: then I would and then I would say what what was the reason why it was that we charged into Africa and we otherized black people and we made them less than when I mean, we brought them over and it was for resources and it was for money and it was for hegemony and it was for power why did the Crusades launch because it was yeah, like okay that's fair that one's fair in power and we had to go kill the Abraham yeah. right? I mean it's this is I guess that's fair. To
0: Holy this shit. Has
2: long been a thing in Why? Western that's. Religion.
0: That is so goddamn stupid. Remember, you were on this call when I learned about the Children's Crusade. Do you remember that? Yeah. The Children's Crusade. For those of you who don't know, the Children's Crusade is this. And then I'm going to get to Chardelle because I've been so wrong. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So I, and, and, and I also got to go. And I love you. And yeah, maybe.
0: I love you um, too. Thanks for calling in. You're I the might best. Be able to call back in later. Please do. You. If we're still here, because I, I need people to help me make this make sense but the children's crusade was like a a, another crusade you know they had the first and the second crusade there was another one called the children's crusade where the whole plan was like hey instead of us going over there to fight why don't we all just like send our kids over there in a big like (laughs) convoy or whatever the fuck and send them over just to live there themselves so they sent a bunch of people voluntarily took their children and like let them put them all in a big huge ass group i swear to god this is real and the children basically marched themselves down to jerusalem and many of them i mean d- just think uh, what do you think's going to happen you know all, like most of them were killed sold into slavery along the way destroyed like but this was the the idea was hey let's send our children on a crusade it's lit- it's the stupidest thing i've ever heard problem i mean i i say that a lot but it's pretty fucking stupid i mean i think we can agree that you know send a bunch of kids over into a place which has been uh, you know what used to be a war zone just to go i don't know maybe get there and then repopulate the place or something when there are already people living there everything about this is just no and somehow people did it and if they could do that then maybe i shouldn't be so surprised that They can think that prolonging a war when the stakes are potentially nuclear and our interest in the war is so fucking unnecessary. Like we don't have we don't gain anything by this, really, except for like thumbing our nose at Russia. If they're stupid enough to do the children's crusade, maybe we're stupid enough to do this. But I And I
2: just want to point out God, I need a drink. really excellent he says you're not crazy for thinking that bide, you're just special we are all special for thinking peace and i really do think that that's a that it that that is kind of one of the things that boils down to it it is this idea that perhaps we could all actually live in peace uh. i mean i think that's really sad it, it's you have this like small cabal that is only interested in in power and narrative and in propaganda and in, in making everyone hate each other and making us not be able to come up with like any type of solutions to make this world a better fucking place and then honestly i would have to say if you want it, it's a short book get the i think it's the grand chessboard by zygina brzezinski it's, uh, it's, he's, he's like who I call Ziggy Brzezinski just because I can't pronounce his name. Okay. But it's like, it's, it's literally, I think maybe 200 pages and he lays out essentially what it is exactly that the United States needs to do to keep its global hegemony. And he mm. specifically is mentioning, you got to keep Russia and China separate. You got to make sure, cause, cause he, he warns against a world in which the united states has pissed off so many countries that they all band together yeah not because they have the same economic systems not because they have anything but they basically they their anti-united states sentiment is so high
0: jesus they
2: all get together and fight the united states and that's literally what's happening right now and this is the reason not because of a bridge. Oh, like to Crimea. This is the reason why nuclear war is on top, because everything that the United States has been planning to keep their power over the entire world is crumbling right now. Yeah, that's why nuclear war. It might happen.
0: Dude, if it happens, I'm going to be pissed.
2: You're going to be dead.
0: Yeah, but I'm going to be really angry before I die. (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna be real, man. I'm gonna be like you,
2: motherfucker. You ah! Ah! Yeah. Hiroshima, yeah. fuck.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. Shelly, I hope you come back. It's yeah, so good okay. to see you here again. Yeah. Um, but oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting uh, just one second. I'm getting like a uh a message here. Uh, right, Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hold on. Hold on. No, no. No. Hold on. One second. One second. It's. I think it's for you. I think it's a message for you. Let's see. <laughs> Yeah, just a weird weird message it says the Chinese nation faces its greatest danger for each one the urgent call for action comes forth arise 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 millions but one heart braving the enemy's fire wow I don't this is quite a message wow very interesting well that was for you Shelly thank you for calling in okay the most patient person in the world, Shardell or Shardell. I don't think you've called in before. Shardol. Uh Go ahead and unmute yourself. Welcome to the Fred Hampton Inn suites. How are you?
4: I'm good. Great to be great to be on the show.
0: Yeah. Thanks for coming. Uh, thank you for waiting patiently, too. So do you have uh, any thoughts about this? You, you called in pretty early, so I think you uh, I'm interested to hear what you have to say.
4: Um, I think this was an absolute ruthless act by Russia. And President Vladimir Putin unleashed a withering attack Monday on Ukrainian cities and power plants of the country in retaliation for alleged Ukraine sabotage on a critical bridge connecting Crimea, Crimea and Russia. In a TV mm-hmm. announcement, President Putin on the attack on the kerch in Crimea said, "Saturday's was act of terrorism, and he must be punished." That Russia was prepared to pummel Ukraine with even harsher strikes. Are, threats from the are you
0: reading from a? Are you reading from like a? Uh, I I'm, I'm A book or something, right now. I'm just asking. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to. I have
4: to... it written down on my on my notebook.
0: Okay. Yeah.
4: And well, why do you think that? Oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Fish it up. Major power plants, Ukraine and other targets in central Kiev, and this was a very catastrophic catastrophic event. And also, dozens of residential buildings, schools, a kindergarten, cultural buildings, healthcare facilities, and two administrative buildings were also damaged. Okay. Um, I think that this was pretty messed pretty like like it was pretty uh, like messed like twisted by putin like why would he ever unleash an attack on a critical bridge in crimea
0: oh are you do you think that he he did the attack on the bridge in crimea
4: i think he unleashed the attack on on uh i think he was uh, because people are um, saying that he was responsible for this um for this attack on this bridge
0: okay what people
4: um I think all the Russians who um uh when uh I think Ukraine uh you know this was a U uh, was this a Ukrainian was this a, a Russian bridge or was this a Ukrainian bridge, the the bridge that was attacked?
0: I don't know, you t- you tell me. I mean it was it was built I believe by Russia in two thousand fourteen after the annexation of Crimea, but uh but
4: I think I think um uh, Russia was, um, you know, I think Vladimir Putin was was the person responsible because he was saying he's going to pummel Ukraine with even harsher strikes. He's going to make them pay even even more. Did he say think, that before the bridge,
0: or was that after?
4: I think that. Also, I think that was before the bridge.
0: Okay, are you sure, or you're you're not sure?
4: I'm not re- I'm not really sure. I'm okay. I, that's I okay.
0: Really know. Yeah, that's all right. No worries. It's it's yeah. um. How about this? What do you think What do you think about peace between Russia and Ukraine?
4: Um at first um at first uh they were um they didn't like each other. They were hostile. I think now the 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 um I think I think they still are hostile because after um uh, you know after this happened, I don't think uh they're ever going to be friends again unless, you know, there's some like mutual agreement between both of the nations.
0: So interesting story or interesting uh, sort of tidbit related to that is apparently Russia and Ukraine had some sort of agreement to have peace back in, uh, geez, was this April of 2022? April of 2022, I believe. Um, So they had a peace deal on the table, which would have avoided, avoided this bridge blowing up, which would have avoided these bombs being dropped on Ukraine, which would have avoided... Continued military strikes, but uh, the USA and Britain nixed the deal. They I, told uh, Ukraine not to go through with it. Does that? How do you feel about that?
4: So what? What can you repeat the question again?
0: So this back in. So I think we both kind of agree here that we both want peace in those mm-hmm. regions. Uh, that it would be best for everybody for them to have peace. Is that fair?
4: I mean. Everybody wants peace. Everybody wants, you know, everybody wants the two nations to get along with each other. Um, yeah. And we don't want them to fight because when you fight, these wars break out, all these yeah. things break out because, you know, they don't agree with each other. But like, yeah, you know, we want to so, eliminate that.
0: Yeah. So so part. so we both agree that if there were peace on the table,
4: then,
0: then it then... will not happen. These yeah wars Well, will not
4: break out these uh, fights will not break out. There yeah. will not be chaos going on in the, in the world we, we were so sure. to would limit all the chaos that we're already having in the world with all all these um you know right. with, um, this bridge uh like um, the, yeah. um destroying this bridge in Crimea, which is a very important right. bridge in crimea i mean it's it's it, it means a lot to to uh to uh Russians, um who who kind of take this uh, treat this bridge as you know they 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 yeah. really cherish this bridge.
0: Yeah, they do. They do. So I think we both agree that if there had been peace before this bridge attack, we'd be in a better place. Yeah. Or at least that would be better. At so we
4: would we would be in a much better place if we wouldn't have we wouldn't have uh, chaos, right?
0: Sure. And Ukraine, so Zelensky of Ukraine and Putin of Russia agreed to peace in April of 2022. Yet it was the United States and the United Kingdom that stepped in and said, "No, you can't have peace." So, what do you think of that?
4: And like, I don't agree with that because, because like, a country like you know, I um, you know, I don't agree that a country saying coming in and saying we don't want you know there they 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 shouldn't be any peace. You know, I mean, I I don't I mean there should be peace everywhere. I mean, I, one country should not come and say that we there should be no peace.
0: Yeah. So you would say that that was kind Not of messed okay. up that the United States and Britain did that, by yeah. The,
4: by, the, by the United Kingdom say that they, they want no peace.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that too. And I think that the sort of meddling that I've seen from a lot of the NATO nations, and when I say a lot of the NATO nations, it's mainly the United States, mainly the United States and, and uh, the UK, uh, have been the most sort of uh, aggressive against Putin. And they've been doing stuff, And taking stances in this conflict that are prolonging the war, that keep this war going. And I am asking, why are they doing that? And is that good for the world where you and I both want peace in a world where we do not want Putin or anybody else to use nuclear weapons, where we just want the people of Ukraine to be able to live their lives, to go... Out and have some pumpkin spice lattes, and then do whatever else they do in Ukraine. I don't know why they would have pumpkin spice lattes, but come on, it's fall. Everyone likes a good pumpkin spice latte. Uh, we want that kind of world where people are left to just be alone or left alone to be able to flourish, to be able to love, to be able to hope, to be able to to do anything uh, other than die in 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 fire and. Oh.
4: So Anytime on, that... Oh, go ahead. So when you look at Vladimir Putin, um, he accused a spy agency known as the SPU, which is um, the, the enforcement agency of uh, of, uh, of Russia. And he, yeah, sure. Um, and I agree why everybody's going. Uh, everybody's um saying that Vladimir Putin's responsible because he was behind the attack on the Kerch Bridge. Like, you know, he was behind all of this. So that's where they're saying that you know he's he's yeah what you did uh, on the what, Witch
0: Bridge? the the Witch Bridge is this is Kirch, this the Crimean Bridge?
4: Yeah, it's called the Kerch Bridge. That's the name of the okay. bridge in Crimea. Okay. And he also accused the SVU. And he was a successor of um the uh, Ukraine Soviet KGB. Like, well, even if all that were true, I mean that that's why people you know what like else is true because. They don't like sure. what he did. And they don't sure. like and
0: I, look look, I totally look I totally get that. Even if that were true, I don't know if it is or not, right? The the bridge true. the bridge well, the bridge attack we don't know yet. That's no, that's it, all the reporting it, is that we don't know used, who did the bridge attack. Um no, so, there were people who were in Ukraine who were taking credit for it, but again, that's after the fact. Regardless of all of that, right? We don't get to that point if the war stops. And we have evidence on record showing that Vladimir Putin and Zelensky of Ukraine had agreed to a peace deal. So why are we, I think the question that we need to ask ourselves is that if we want peace, if you want to criticize Putin and everything, fine. I think there's a lot to actually criticize him on with this war, to be frank. But if we want peace, then why are we as a nation stopping the two warring nations from achieving peace when they want peace?
4: So what right are here. we
0: doing? So when says, do we get to be held accountable for the stuff that we did? To some extent, the, cre- the, the continuation of this war is on us. It's on the United States and on the UK for continuing it on when the two countries involved wanted to stop. And I think that is super important, and we can't forget that. Would, so you, is, would you agree with that?
4: Um, so this is what he said. So it says Ukraine— Well, before, represents-
0: before you go into that, do, would you agree
4: with that? Um, uh, Because we both want
0: peace, right?
4: I do want peace, and I agree with what you're saying. And um, I I 100% agree with what you're saying. It's it's 100% accurate, what what you're saying. And I totally agree with it. Yeah. And um, the other thing, what it said is that, said Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky called on Ukrainians to remain tough in their fight against Russia. He said, this is what he said. He said, we are dealing with terrorists, Zelensky said in a video message. They want yeah. panic and chaos. They want to destroy energy, energy system. They're incorrigible. So this, this is what Zelensky said um, against Russia.
0: Yeah. And look, I think, I think if we understand the dynamics here, Zelensky has every motivation to demonize Russia and also get other nations into the war. I think they actually, Ukraine as a nation... Well, when you think about it, right, I, I kind of mentioned it earlier. If you're a nation that is invaded uh, and there's a lot of weird history with Ukraine and Russia and the U.S. involvement, um, and it goes pretty deep. It's it's quite a rabbit hole if you ever feel like you want to go down it. And it, it is hard to make sense of a lot of it. But turns out it, it's whatever they're at where they're at now. They're in this war. And if you're Zelensky, you have every motivation to want to want Ukraine to win this war. And one of the easiest ways to do that is get your friends who are bigger and stronger than Russia to get involved in the war. So I think also when we think about what Zelensky says, and in the same way that when we think about what Putin says, we have to think uh, why they're saying it sometimes. What are the motivations to say it? What are the things that they're dealing with? Zelensky's trying to rally his people, keep the war effort going, show that they have a stiff upper lip and also call the evil of Putin or try to call out Putin for being as evil as possible and to to make Putin seem like a threat that's greater than a threat just to Ukraine but to the whole world so that maybe the United States will get directly involved. Maybe someone will come in because honestly, you know, if the United States gets involved, suddenly your chances of winning that war just went way up. I think we know that Ukraine would not still It's it's – it is almost – certain that ukraine would not still be around right now or they they would have lost the war already if the united states had not already gotten involved in some way shape or form by providing weapons and it seems like training and special operations and intelligence but we have to again look on unlike the what is the end game here what is the potential outcome putin has said putin regardless of what you think about putin He's got nukes, okay? He has nuclear bombs. North Korea is nucking futs and do all kinds of crazy shit. But the reason they're still around is because they got nukes. And there's no good way to take them off the map as, like, players in the game of whatever the fuck global politics are nowadays. and Because it is seems to be a, a game. But there's no way to take them off the map without that kind of retaliatory nuclear strike, wiping out some, I don't know, Tokyo, wiping out New York, wiping out whatever. And all of those people, those millions of people who want nothing to do with war, who only want to live their lives peacefully, are the pawns in these chess games between these power-hungry assholes. And when we're escalating things with Russia when we are denying peace from happening here when we're getting in the way of that we are making it more and more likely that those nukes go off we're making it more and more likely that people who are truly innocent truly innocent are the ones who are the victims
4: look if we
0: cared about the people in ukraine one last point if we cared about the people in ukraine and we wanted to spare them from these bombings from this war we would have allowed peace to go through. We did not. Why? The people of Ukraine are being used as a pawn in the schemes of these fucking elitist political assholes. And I am not going to sit here and defend them. And I am not going to sit here and put all of the blame on Putin, even though he definitely deserves blame in my in my mind. It's clear to me that he deserves some blame. Um, but to try to put it all on them and not hold the people's feet to the fire who are also truly responsible for this, I think is it's a mistake. I think it's a mistake. And the more pressure that we can put on America, on uh, the UK to seek a diplomatic solution, a diplomatic end to this war, I think that's going to be better for the majority of people the world over, including the Ukrainians. But again, that's that's what I'm saying. You got any final thoughts, Shardell? So, my,
4: so I have to connect something about um when you mentioned about uh, political politics. um. Uh, so, um, Brittany Griner, who was uh, um, a, a, yeah. a USA uh, women's uh, basketball star, sure, um, she was treated as a political pawn because, unfortunately, she smugged, she brought, she illegally brought some cannabis oil into. into yeah, a, she brought a vape pen, a vape pen with some cannabis oil in it. As, as a political pawn, and then she yeah. got imprisoned in Russia. I think that's exactly kind of connected to what you're talking about with you know, people like Russia treating people as a a political pawn and just treating them so ruthlessly and so viciously that, you know, they have no way to protect and defend themselves.
0: Sure. Would you say denying people peace is treating them like a political pawn?
4: I think when you deny somebody peace, um is not right because in America you like freedom of speech is a very important thing and people should have the right to, to voice whatever opinion they think even though it goes against Absolutely. what what, yeah. they, what people agree with yeah. and then some people don't believe in that because people like should be able to say what they want to say right like if they Yeah yeah and some yeah. people don't don't believe in that they think that and people, and, and people can't, can't speak
0: say- people can't speak if they if they're dead right people can't speak if they've been it, killed by bombs
4: it's um, kind of like like to me like when you can't speak to me that the scenario i would say is like it's kind of like somebody took a piece of tape and then and then uh, taped your mouth shut now you can't even say anything you're basically
3: yeah.
4: taken as hostage because yeah well you're, well you're under the the control of whoever is taking you in hostage and you have to basically listen to whoever is like you know, it's yeah, or yeah. Or whatever
0: it, I, I, I don't think that's a bad analogy at all, uh, Chardel. One thing I will say I is, mean, I, I, think, like, I, I, I think I think this.
3: Oh, go ahead. Uh,
4: I mean, like, I don't want to get dark because sometimes my analogies can be a little bit really dark and gruesome. And no, it's okay. Really dark. I mean, well, that like, one's good.
0: That's a good one. I mean, like, look. I, I'll say this. I want to stick with that analogy for just a second. Yeah. I think that in some ways, the U.S. and the U.K. And their own aims, what they want to do is sort of uh, keep this war going, and that ends up treating Ukraine and the people of Ukraine as hostages in this war that continues on. I am not saying the Brittany Griner situation very much upsets me. That is treating a, a person as a political pawn in this stupid game that people play. But what I really want to emphasize here. And what I would I hope that both of us come away from this conversation with is understanding that the U.S. is also treating people as political pawns and that we as the citizenry of the United States also have an obligation to pressure our political leaders to put an end to that, to see through their bullshit, to see through their own justifications, because all they're going to do is sit here and say, Putin is bad, Putin is bad, Putin is bad. But that doesn't mean that what we're doing is good. That doesn't mean that how we're treating the people of Ukraine and their situation and how we are continuing a war that doesn't need to continue an escalating war that doesn't need to escalate, that doesn't mean that's the right policy. So we, I, if we believe in goodness, if we believe that we shouldn't use people as political pawns, we call it out no matter who's doing it. Every time. If Putin's doing it, I'm calling it out. If the US is doing it, I'm calling it out. And this podcast is me calling it out today.
4: So from what I've effort, seen and when I
0: read about this, I'm I'm calling it out. And then uh, go ahead, one last thing so, and then we're gonna move so on. So when you
4: look at um the door so when I took in US history class and learned about the open door policy, which is where the the door is open and certain countries could come and mingle with other countries. And um, I think the door has opened up between you, uh, Ukraine and Russia. I think that the door has opened up. And, you know, I know that Ukraine and Russia are not, don't agree with each other um, with all the wars that are happening with both of these countries. But I, I, I agree that they're kind of like becoming friends again. They're kind of like understanding that, you know, Ukraine is apolog- uh, uh, Russia's apologizing to Ukraine. For all the bad things that they've done, and then now slowly they're saying like we we apologize, you know we 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 crossed the line, we shouldn't have done all of these things. We give our condolences to um the the Ukrainian um fa- uh, like the the ma- the people of Ukraine, and we're we're trying we're gonna try not do this again. You know we want to be friends. We, we and uh, Putin and Zelensky want to be. You know they want to be best friends again. They want to like. Yeah. They want to respect each other, like each other. Um, don't be hostile towards each other.
0: They want to do buddy cop, buddy cop movies together. Yeah. They want to, you know, uh, eat Chinese food and walk on the beach together. That would actually be cool if they end up being in like a super gay relationship with each other, and then they're just like, I don't know, we follow them like so, the um, Queen and King of England or something. That'd be awesome, dude. So when like, you
4: look at. Um, I, Sorry, Putin. I'm
0: just thinking of like them fucking, want, um, and I like that.
4: that Sorry, what is a wrong with, me? So with each other Yeah. Do you think that Putin and Zelensky will have a bromance with each other?
0: I think it'd be it'd be you know whatever it'd be cool whatever I, I'm just I'm I'm doing fanfic in my head and it's very stupid. But Shardal, uh, thank you so much for calling in, man. uh I appreciate your comments and tell tell our boy Debo Samuel to like get some more looks. He's got to get some more looks, man. He yeah. is. He's on my fantasy team and what what is he doing? He he needs more touches. He needs more touches, more passes. They need to just use him as a back more. Um I'm trying to see him take off, but uh so if you can relay that to uh the 49ers for me, I would I would appreciate that. But thanks Jordan again for calling
4: coming on your sh- on on call and and if you ever want if if uh, um if you ever uh, and i would love to call into your show again if you're um planning to do another call in
0: yeah sure thing i do this every tuesday so okay. uh you can you can find tuesday. us here all right sounds good all right see bye next bye All right, see you next tuesday bye
4: bye
0: okay and now we got um karen coming in karen i'm uh i kind of want to complete some of this stuff with the notes but um, I, I mean most everyone knows this but uh Karen, let me let me bring you up real quick, and then we'll go from there. Karen, how you doing? Welcome back to the Fred Hampton Inn and Suites.
5: Good evening, Bide. Yeah, hey. do you need to finish your thought? Then is that what you need to you do? Uh, so, should I,
0: should, I, should I? I like those those crickets though. Always, know, the, always the peaceful walking. crickets you have. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's a good that's a good habit.
5: But you can finish your thought, and I'll mute the crickets for a little bit.
0: Okay, sure. I, I appreciate that. Okay, so. Going back just real quick to the Nord Stream pipeline. Remember, 40% of the EU's oil is coming from this pipeline from Russia to, I believe it goes to Germany, Um, or it definitely goes to Europe, right? They're going to do the Nord Stream 2. It's another pipeline that was planned. Construction was suspended back in February of 2022 after Russia invaded Ukraine. And then... uh, God, what was the date that the pipeline itself was blown up? It's been a week, maybe two. Anyways, the pipeline, this Nord Stream pipeline, uh, several explosions go off underwater and rupture the pipeline and destroy it. Most of it. There's a small part of it that's still functional, but that pipeline... Where forty percent of EU's natural gas was coming from, which was a big money maker for Russia, is suddenly just gone. And who done it? We got this whole "who done it" thing. Who is responsible for the pipeline explosion? And to answer that question, uh, we we ask qui bono, right? Who benefits? Now, no one has taken direct responsibility for it yet, but following the pipeline's explosion. Uh, We already heard when we were talking to Shelly earlier that uh, there's a Polish Polish politician who was married to a state official who tweeted out a thank you to the U.S. for bombing the pipeline. Maybe that means nothing. But here's Joe Biden in February of 2022 talking about the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. He says that he will shut down a pipeline if Russia invades Ukraine. So this is back in February of 2022 before this pipeline was attacked. Here we go.
6: Russia invades uh that means tanks or troops crossing the uh, the, the border of Ukraine again. Then uh, there will be uh, we there will be no longer a Nord Stream two. We we will bring an end but to it. But
4: how will you
2: how will you do that? Exactly, since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control.
6: We will. Uh, I promise you we'll be able to do it. If Russia- so
0: if you hear that, he says, I promise you we will be able to do it. Pretty ominous. Uh, investigations, I believe the Swedes were investigating or Sweden was investigating this pipeline. A- initially, they were not being allowed to investigate the pipeline itself. It was being hindered. Maybe there were logistical reasons for that. I don't know. But once they started investigating it, uh It became even more clear that this pipeline had been destroyed in an act of sabotage. Still not clear who did it, but again, qui bono? Who benefits? Certainly not Russia. Russia does not benefit from destroying its own pipeline. Maybe you can say they're doing a bunch of attacks on the—Russia keeps attacking itself to justify escalating their own use of force, but that seems pretty dumb to me. Uh here's a clip from Rising. Uh with I'm um, I I apologize, Robbie Suave. He's uh, he you know, he he seems like he would be fun to play Dungeons and Dragons with until he I don't know, made like a bard that only would heal you if like you paid him or would only sing if you paid Because it doesn't matter that your party's being wiped by a, you know, a lich or whatever the fuck. He needs that money because, like, that's how the free market works. Like, fuck you. Anyway, sorry, Robbie. You're probably fine. He's probably a nice guy, guys. Um, But here's a clip from Rising about uh, the Nord Stream 2 or the Nord Stream uh, sabotage. This is in the early days following the attack.
7: Operators of Nord Stream, the network of the Baltic Sea pipelines that linked Russia and Germany until they both leaked last week, say authorities are not allowing them to inspect damaged pipelines, according to Reuters. So three pipelines in the Nord Stream network burst last week and enact many many, including President Biden, have called sabotage. Nord Stream 2 AG, the Switzerland-based operator of the pipeline, said it will examine the condition of the leaking pipelines once a police investigation of the crime scene is completed and cordon is lifted. Meanwhile, one of President Vladimir Putin's top allies said today the sabotage of Nord Stream, which Putin is claiming the West did, appears similar to the U.S. CIA-backed attacks on oil infrastructure in Nicaragua in 1983. Russian Security Council Secretary Nikolai Petrushev told the Interfax news agency saying, let me remind you, a similar situation occurred in 1983. Joining us now to weigh in is senior fellow and military expert for defense priorities, Lieutenant Colonel Daniel Davis. Wonderful to have you with us, Lieutenant Colonel.
6: Thanks, Robin. Good to be here. So
7: I'm fascinated to hear what your take on all this is for my part. I absolutely understand why people would wonder or would speculate about U.S. potential involvement in this, given the way some U.S. officials have framed the, the act of sabotage as some kind of opportunity, you know, given our militaristic posturing toward Russia and given the very real history of, of U.S. Uh, officials intervening in various other countries uh, in a bl- sort of black ops senses having to do with all of those things. All of that said, it still kind of seems to me like Occam's razor, the most likely thing is is in fact the most likely thing, actually does still point to Russia's involvement given everything that's going on. And- I,
0: I just want to take a quick note here to admire Robbie's brain for just one second. Holy shit, dude. You, <laughs> you explain all of the times or so many times how the usa and the cia have interfered with other countries with acts of sabotage espionage destruction you go through all of that that whole rant and then you say that being said <laughs> all comes razor the simplest explanation for me is that russia blew up its own pipeline genius
5: simple it's- when you live in a world th- of bond villains
0: I know I, right?
5: Bond villain. <laughs> right. Maybe but, that's what he means. Yeah. Maybe it
0: is what he means, Garrett, but my goodness. What well, it's just it's bone appetite, baby. You gotta love it. He oh god, it's so good. It's so good it's so, it's so okay, we'll continue on because I really want you to hear this uh Lieutenant Colonel's response. Lieutenant Lieutenant Colonel Daniel Davis. Uh which if you could see his face right now, I'd suggest you look up the clip. He's trying real hard to keep that neutral face. With Robbie, just keep it real neutral. But here's here's his response.
7: I guess maybe it's possible. It was another European effort. I guess also maybe it's possible it was an accident. Although oh, sure doesn't look like it. What you know? Help us help us make sense of what's happened.
0: And one more thing. He, God, Robbie gives several explanations. He's like it's definitely Russia. That's Elkb's razor. Then he says, I suppose it's possible it was another European Union nation. And then after that says, I suppose it might have been an accident, never accuses the U.S. Genius. It's, Mwah. oh, his mind is perfectly malleable. Just, oh, the the kind of shit, if I had him as a baby, I can make him believe with my propaganda. I can make him think that, like, I don't fucking know, like, uh, uh, like aliens. Uh, aliens might be real, so I don't want to say that. But, like, c- just let's just admire how fully fully mushed his mind has been made by the American propaganda machine. You know what? Is there an applause? I'm going to look up some applause real quick, just so we can just applause break. Let's just, you know what? We got to do it. This is for you, Robbie and for the CIA. Well done. Well done. You did it. You got it. You got Robbie. Congratulations, CIA, FBI. You did it. He doesn't fake anything. It's,
8: you guys did it.
0: You fucking
8: got him. You fucking got him.
0: Okay. Back to Lieutenant Colonel Davis's uh, or Davies' response because I, I actually think it's pretty good.
6: Yeah, I, I think that there's there's no question that this was not an accident. You, you can't have three simultaneous mm-hmm. uh, leaks, all, all these pipelines when they've been there for years. Uh, and it was also recorded that there were underwater explosions, so it's it's very certain that someone sabotaged these pipelines. Uh, but you have to look at uh, you know forget about all the history and everything else for the moment, and just look who who benefits and who who is harmed by this. And and I think that the, the least likely culprit would be Russia, because, look, they already had full control of the pipeline. They could turn the taps on or off at will. And it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that they would want to blow their own pipelines up, which would then take the power out of their hands should they want to turn it back on for political reasons later. Uh, you now, there's certainly other people who may benefit from that, and, you know, people could do their own assessments mm. on that. And unfortunately, there is quite a history, as you point out, of things that – we have done that, uh, you know, aren't exactly on the up and up. And the last point I'll make is that whoever did this has to be somebody with state's level uh, caliber of of, uh, support, because I mean, you have to like, either have submarine capacity, or you have to have very deep uh, diving capacity. And and those are not something that just, uh, you know, some random person can have.
0: (laughs) Beautiful. Basically, in the nicest way possible refutes everything that Robbie just said says Russia's the least likely person to do it. Now look, maybe you could say that's why that's so genius, because no one would expect us to fuck ourselves. You know, maybe that's it. But really ridiculous. Um uh, uh, you know, a really ridiculous sort of theory by Robbie, Lieutenant Colonel Daniel Davis is saying, well, probably the U.S. Um, But that pipeline is blown up, right? Who done it? I don't know. Who do I think did it? Feels like the U.S., but again, I really don't know. Because you could point to it is inconsistent for the U.S. to blow up the pipeline when they have thus far refused to give certain weapons to Ukraine because they don't want to escalate things too far. But the things you do in the dark are very different from the things you do in the light and having a public posturing of calculated restraint while trying to fuck up Russia's shit in the dark, I wouldn't put it past us to have done it. So that happens, and then the Crimean Bridge is uh, attacked. The explosion happens on the Crimean Bridge. Again, we don't know who did it, but again, qui bono who benefits the side of the bridge that was attacked was the side from Crimea going into Ukraine where Russia was transporting tanks and all kinds of shit. That's a side that was damaged. Now, again, is this just another op by Russia to blow up their own shit? Is this just Russia fucking itself over and over again so that they can then have an excuse to nuke Ukraine and nuke all of us. I it seems ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. You would have to believe that Russia was just a cartoon villain that just wants to blow up the world just because. And I, I don't think that's the case here. And then we'll do this. And then uh, last last bit of information here. And then. I am so excited to hear those crickets again, Karen, and to hear your comments. But the bridge, Crimean Bridge, is attacked. It's blown up in what looks like a car bomb. Again, details are still coming out with that. (sighs) Zelensky and Ukraine are attacked in kind by Russia. Russia launches another round of strikes across Ukraine on Tuesday, today. Uh, Kiev says it has intercepted about half of them, half of the missiles that were launched at it. There have been somewhere around 109 casualties so far. I think 11 or 19 deaths. Uh, these are attacks that Russia is launching in areas which it has not attacked for the past like several months of the war. So these are areas which were relatively sort of peaceful again in Ukraine had where life had kind of returned to normal. And it is an attack basically meant to just remind Ukraine, or it looks like an attack basically just to remind Ukraine, Hey, we can still fuck you up in any moment. Don't try us. Don't try it. Uh, Zelensky met with the G seven leaders and urged that urged them that Ukraine needed to respond in kind. And then Biden, according to the uh, reporting coming out of the Wall Street Journal, affirmed that the U.S. would provide more defensive weapons to Ukraine, including certain missile defense weapons, surface-to-air missiles, which we have already been providing Ukraine since at least July 2022. Uh, Well, these would be like some surface-to-air missiles. Well, I guess it's debatable. It's debatable what weapons or defensive weapons would be. I know there have been surface-to-air missiles, which we have already been providing Ukraine since at least 2022, and that's from reporting coming from breaking points. Uh, But the Ukrainian officials are now asking for more, and the conversation in the coming days is going to be, how much more do we give? Biden has already promised to provide more weapons, and again, there are going to be debates about what kind of weapons are we going to provide. Are we going to provide F-16s, planes, where Ukraine can now potentially launch attacks in Russia. Is that going to help this war end? Are things going to somehow get better? Um, and here's here here's the, the, the real tea. Besides the fact that U.S. special operations are ramping up in Ukraine, CIA presence is growing in Ukraine. But Uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin has already repeatedly said that Russia's nuclear doctrine provides for, quote, exclusively retaliatory measures that are designed to prevent the destruction of the Russian Federation as a result of direct nuclear strikes or other types of weapons, which threaten the very existence of the Russian state, end quote. Again, that's reporting from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, Attacking Crimea may be that. Putin said that his attacks on Ukraine were in response to the attacks on the strategic bridge, the Crimean bridge, which connects Russia to occupied Crimea. Oh, I guess the bridge is between Russia and Crimea. I apologize. I've been saying between Crimea and and uh, Ukraine this whole time. That's even worse. Why are you? Atta- what the fuck? You're attacking. The bridge from Russia into Crimea? Are you fucking mad? Are you mad? Like, okay, maybe they need to... Okay, maybe you can argue Russia needs to transport its tanks and everything to the war front on that bridge. So that bridge is a... It's necessary to get rid of that bridge because that's how Russia gets their tanks in. Okay, even if you argue that... Yeah, ooh that starts to look a lot less like a defensive war. God, what are we doing? What are we doing? I just... Fuck. Sorry. I just... What? It's The bridge is from Russia to Crimea? Then in what way can Ukraine claim that that is somehow still in their territory? By the annexation of... uh, By arguing that okay, Crimea wasn't actually annexed in 2014, look, regardless of what you say, even if you're Ukraine and you're like, no, Crimea is still ours, which they weren't doing before this war started, mind you, but now they're doing. Even if you argue that Crimea is still yours, it's been annexed by Russia, that's undeniable, since 2014. (laughs) and the bridge you're attacking connects Russia and this place where it annexed. So what the fuck are you doing? Like, that's probably why they had to make it look like a, whoever did it had to make it look like a, a lone attacker, you know, like a suicide bomber or something, because they, they, if it would be, if it had been an outright sort of Ukrainian strike, I don't think, I think that means Russia responds with nukes. Holy shit. It's the bridge between Crimea and Russia. How did I miss that? Holy shit, dude. Wow. Karen, bring me back to Earth. Bring me back to Earth. What is going on? Am I insane?
5: No, I wanted to ask you. I've been thinking about this. Do you think there'd be a huge difference in the way mainstream media would be covering this if this were Trump? Maybe you've already covered this question or Oh,
0: God. This I, I, I all I, I keep yeah.
5: thinking about, if this whole scenario happened and Biden weren't the president, would everybody be as, you know, credulous as they currently are? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It must be Russia. The mainstream people, anyway. The yeah. The mainstream yeah. media. Um, and do you think we would have more of an anti-war uh, voice, you know, from quote-unquote liberals would we do you think this would change if, if we had a bizarro world where he was president? What would be different? Because I think Cause I'm yes. there would be differences, like I, big differences. That's a really good
0: question. It's a really, really good In question.
5: And just how people feel about it. Well, sure. except us, I think most of us here on this call would continue to feel the same way either way. But I think there are tons of people who would be, oh, Trump, oh. Ukraine, you know. Oh, yeah. we don't we don't care for Ukraine. We don't want to support them. I don't know.
0: I I think I think almost every like I agree with I I'll put it this way. I definitely agree the media would be treating it much much differently. Democrats would be treating this much much differently if Trump were in office. Now, how I think they'd be treating it though is a little up in the air to me. Because there are so many ways to spin this into just some, put it this way. Uh, There's so many ways to spin this into some kind of anti-Trump rhetoric. And I, I'll, I'll put it this way. Do I think that they would be taking the stakes of the war any more seriously? No. But do I think that they would be trying to use the the conversation around the war and Trump's, you know, in bed with Putin rhetoric or, oh, Trump already tried to get Zelensky to bribe him for information on Hunter Biden. So he's in bed with Ukraine. I think they would use it in the most superficial way possible and actually not address any of the true underlying problems which are causing this conflict to persist in the first place. Any kind of degree to which they'd criticize Trump that would be anti-war would be incidental to them wanting to get rid of Trump. It would not be the primary cause because people are kind of showing you who they are right now, which is interesting. Biden is interesting in this, I will say. I'm not giving him um, like a lot of credit here. He's messed up a lot, but I do think that as far as the American hegemony and the the people who have a a, a tolerance for outright war the sort of Warhawks, he does seem to be a little more uh, I don't know if you want to say aware or a little more cognizant, which is funny because it's coming from Joe Biden, but cognizant of this potentially escalating. Now, why is he still giving weapons? Why is he still doing these things? I don't know. Because that is very dumb to me. At least it doesn't make much... It doesn't. If you're trying to avoid nuclear war, then... The main thing should be he should be out in public all the time talking about the need for diplomacy, diplomacy, for peace, peace. We need to negotiate a peace agreement, peace. He needs to do something like that. But, you know, privately, uh, there was a, reports coming out that he was at some kind of donor conference and was telling people in in private that America is closer to nuclear Armageddon, is the closest it's been to nuclear Armageddon since the Cuban Missile Crisis. I know. Uh, That's a pretty big fucking deal, you know?
5: I keep other, outside of, you know, the people that we all listen to, it feels like the mainstream media has just kind of breezed over that statement. Yeah. Like, oh, Armageddon, oh, Herschel Walker, have you heard about him? Like, tonight I watched news for the first time, like, I... I just barely ever watch the news anymore. I tried to watch it tonight and the first 10 minutes was all about Herschel Walker yeah. and his, Look. his ex-girlfriend and all that. Yeah. And then it, I don't even understand their priorities right now. Like what they choose to focus on makes no sense to me. Uh,
0: what? I feel the same way, Karen. And honestly, I think, I think what's remarkable. I, I have a, I have a hunch. I don't have any, um, confirmation for this this is just purely a theory coming straight out of my ass and head but I I don't know if the sort of powers that be really understood how effective the propaganda machine would end up being on people who are watching these news networks I, I, I think they've kind of gotten away from it a little bit um, now the you know the decision to sort of create a media that as you know Chomsky would say manufactured consent and made the people docile towards everyone but the most generic things about each other uh, that was intentional but i don't think they've really accounted for how this has had a cascading effect on our ability to even have leaders who think for themselves or who try to reason things out outside of the mainstream whatever. You know, there's no – like a lot of these anchors, you know, you get the the, the anchors on these news networks who are – they wouldn't be there if they were going to rock the boat, right? I'm not surprised by Robbie Suave's sort of lack of creativity and lack of ability to critically think about things that would challenge American hegemony. Because he's perfect for the role he's in. He He works. He says the thing – that they want him to say, he doesn't stir the boat, he'll talk all about censorship, but then, you know, he didn't say anything when Kim was fired. And then only said something after Bree, about Katie's firing, after Bree insisted that something be said about it. But he was just going to go right along, continue making his paycheck, continue having these opinions that don't make any sense. um, Because his brain, you know, it's, it's a nice sponge. It's just, mm, you know, just mush it up, mush that brain. And that's, that's a lot of these news anchors. It's a lot of the people also who are in our government and that's what scares me is we look, it, it is kind of nice to have (sighs) like real, like, like real people thinking and saying different things and, being in conversation with one another to challenge each other on, right? And I don't mean challenge each other over the parameters of whatever culture war or bullshit sort of uh, argument that's supposed to give us all the illusion of us sort of disagreeing with each other on something fundamental, right? Abortion is important, but it has been used as just this, this cultural football to stop us from having any other real conversations about why the elites continue to steal more and more money from the working class, why they continue to squeeze people more and more for higher and higher percentages of their paychecks and why there's a wealth transfer going on. They can't have that conversation, but they want you to have a conversation about a trans swimmer and make that poor trans swimmer's life and the life of so many trans people fucking miserable. Just so that we can have a conversation quote unquote a conversation about what we could actually say or do in America anymore, you know it's 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 an old game, you know, and so I mean, I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but the real reason i'm I'm saying all of this is that yes, we would be having different conversations if Trump were in office, but from what I've been seeing on the coverage of Ukraine. And the lack of seriousness with which it's treated in the mainstream media, the lack of seriousness our politicians seem to have in addressing the issue, I don't think anything would really fundamentally change about our approach to it, other than the kind of rhetoric that we were trying to be used to weaponize another fucking political whatever against Trump. And I'm not saying that because I like Trump, I'm just saying that because I I have that little faith in our current sort of american political elitist you know media infrastructure as it currently exists
5: i just feel like everybody at these levels these high you know empty shallow levels all the news people all the current leaders they're making all these decisions and they we have no i feel like i have no power i feel like i have nobody nobody represents me like Nobody. I don't think there's a single leader that I vote for at any level who does anything that I actually want them to do, like municipal level, state level. I've got I feel like I'm just unrepresented, you know, I I just and they always say, well, even at the local level, you should at least try. Well, my local level has a bunch of basically neoliberal, you know, quote unquote, Democrats, but they're people who like are real estate developers and, and yeah. you know, yeah. doing all the normal nefarious stuff that happens at the state and federal level too. Like there's, yeah. there's nobody good. I have nobody good. Well,
0: well, <laughs> the normal, I, I think that's the effect that I'm talking about here, yeah. right? And that cat is just saying, amen, Karen. Amen. I, came inside, I hear you. you. Don't hear
5: Keep anymore. going, Karen. Now you've got my cat. Yep.
0: Keep going. These motherfuckers do not represent she's us. You can hear I know she's, she's mad pissed. as hell. Yeah, yeah, she's probably talking shit about Obama. Probably. No, I don't know. She, <laughs> I, I'd be right there with it. She's like,
3: fuck Obama. <laughs> um,
0: no, look, I, I think these are sort of the effects on our society, the wider effects that this sort of for-profit model of uh politics and and um, media. Has led us to, I I have a hard time. I used to get mad at like the people who were, even like neolibs, and you know it was easier at first with like the Fox News people when they were you know talking about how we were under an existential crisis because Obama had a tan suit on or something like that. It was easier to sort of ignore them or to say oh they're just bigoted or whatever at first, but. Once you start to recognize that there's just a different sort of snootier version of that going on in every media space or nearly every media space that's powered by, for the most part, by money, by money and interests, you start to realize that, oh, like these people who are neoliberals who, you know, everyone who talks about Trump, their first a lot of the times in, in, in some of the circles that I'm running with, in in work, is like, "Oh, he he's a Putin puppet." It's you start to hear, excuse me, real quick, got a call. Uh, you start to hear this, these talking points that are just being regurgitated uncritically, and people get. And here's the other crazy thing about it, though, too: the way people feel about these things. The way they actually feel is weaponized against them. The, the uh, What do I mean by that? Okay, so we all have these, you know, when we feel deeply about something, you, oh, you you can feel it, whatever. Like, if you're sad, you're super sad about something. If you're angry, you're angry. The These media companies and, 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 and this political machine is weaponizing those human emotions for you to get so upset and for people to get so upset over bullshit these these parts of us that are sort of these innate human qualities or these these things that help used to help us navigate the world are people are looking at those things that they're able to manipulate and trying to manipulate our own emotions and feelings against us to where we're completely uncritical and where we're just subservient little vote blue no matter who voters or we're subservient to serve the system that already exists and nothing will fundamentally change so what's fucking fascinating to me though is when i'm talking to people about you know i had a conversation with someone about trump not too long ago and these are people who are also attorneys who are you know, they practice and they have to know a bunch of complicated stuff about insurance or whatever and process and everything. And they're, you know, they're good attorneys. And when, when you talk to them, oh, he, Trump, talk to them about Trump. They're Oh, Trump is a Russian puppet. He's Putin's puppet. <clears throat> and that's the end of the conversation. You ask why? What makes you think that? No, the more you try to get into the details of why they think what they think, you see them just start to return to talking points and they'll become frustrated. A lot of people will end up becoming frustrated too. If you just ask them the question about their talking point, all you're asking is, Oh, why, what makes you think that? What is that? Where's that report? What is that? Like, these are not offensive questions, people. This is what investigatory work is. This is what it means to Think about things. Look, I was taught when you make a fucking argument, you make it from the evidence. You don't just make it from the balls. You know, you don't just argue from your balls. It, there's nothing there, right? They're empty. I'm sorry, Karen. I I don't mean to be talking about my balls, but like, (laughs) you know, like. It's better
5: than some of the other topics you've what else have you talked about? Like I don't know. Anime I, pillows. Oh, and... I have.
0: Anime pillows, that's true. Big titty anime goth girlfriend pillows. Yeah, that's true. I'm stuff. sorry. Yeah. I, I you know, look
5: that's why we that's why we call in.
0: You know, well I'm I'm glad. I'm I'm yeah. I'm basically like half like half of my whole existence is still stuck at the age of thirteen and I cannot get past it. I, I had to stop volunteering. I used to volunteer in, in schools for like different middle schools and stuff. I had to stop because the kids in class would start making jokes and the teacher would be trying to like control the classroom and I'd be laughing and I couldn't stop myself. So I had to go and I felt so uh, the death stares, but you know, whatever, like those uh, our own emotions and our own like humanity is, has been weaponized against us by corporate machines that want us to basically like just continue to be compliant and not question them. So even when I ask, you know, when I'm talking about, well, who blew up this bridge in Crimea? Who benefits from that? These questions have caused like people to have, they'll panic because it's easier to just think and it feels better and it feels right and it makes the world make more sense if all we have to do is that, oh, Putin is an, is evil, he is a uh, cartoon villain and everything that he's done here is his fault. Everything about Ukraine is the fault of Dr. Evil. It's so much easier to interpret and then you can also weaponize that knowledge against people who ask questions against that narrative. Right? So when people say, well, should we be sending all this money to Ukraine and everything? You could say, oh, what do you do? You love evil? Do you love Hitler? Do you love Putin? Is did that why you're against sending the money to Ukraine? It's madness. Did
5: you Brianna's um, comment section after she had Aaron Maté on last week uh, in, in Twitter, all the different people who were going on and saying stuff about supporting genocide? I don't even know where that oh talking my God. From comes oh from.
0: Oh, my God. I guess I've been
5: out of the loop, but what? Where? where is that talking coming from? Have you heard people talking about... Oh, Erin Mate supports genocide. I don't even know what the it's it's fucking is that crazy.
0: I don't know where it wild comes from. Honestly, people yeah. in
5: her comment section last week when I was taking a I was taking a peek. It's just, of course, there are wild people there all the time.
3: But sure,
5: yeah. Well, anyway, I just wanted to call and say hello. Yeah, I, yeah. I believe I'm nodding and and agreeing with everything you're saying today. It's it's absolute bullshit, and I just can't. I am so sick of war. I'm so sick yeah,
0: of war. Yeah, me too. Wars
5: have been going on, like, all of my children's lives, basically. Like, yeah. It's, and I feel like I have no power to, like, say, hey, I'm, I'm not into this anymore. I don't want to support it. Um, I don't know. I need to find a group to go protest with or something. I have. You, I don't yeah. know if you've heard of any good groups. I've heard the Friends Service protest before, but I don't know who else. Yeah. I I
0: I've been with some groups, but I, I got two things to say to that. Um as far as particular groups, I'll I'll try to think of more. Actually, on next week's episode for people who are trying to unionize, uh Rika, who is a friend of the show, yep. is coming on. We're gonna have a whole two day workshop of step one to step union on how you actually unionize a workplace so that if nothing else, you know part of it is just knowing what to do and how to do it for different sorts of things, right? Um, so Rika's going to be on. We're going to have a whole conversation. We've been planning it out for like the last three weeks with each other on Colin just, and, and, and phone and everything. We're going to have a whole workshop of basically how do you unionize a workplace? Um, so there's that. That's not related to the war point, but the there's people and like look it like these can groups be
5: used can... for something else so that's super useful, useful. That Yeah, sounds very wonderful Good. yeah
0: and um as for the powerless part know that you feeling powerless is a is a benefit to the system as it exists as well if they can get us to feel like we can't do anything and to accept that and feel like no one represents us and to accept that then that also benefits the continuation of the system it just benefits it right i think the trick is to feel powerless and to do something anyway to do well, shit anyway i think I that think that's is what a lot
5: of us are trying to do you know we talked. to i think that's right like brainstorming we're just i just don't i think that's the right problem is we're all tired you know we all work.
0: Yeah. Like, from so, work
5: or those. Yeah. Fucking I mean, like so tired. I know. So that, that's the only problem yeah. it's like that. The, the, the amount of energy that we have to devote to that planning, but you're right. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, have a good evening. I just wanted to say hello. So yeah.
0: Thank you so much for calling in, Karen. It's always a pleasure I'm to okay. hear from you. You too. Bye-bye. You too. Okay. And looks like we got, is that flube? Oh, I love that. Flube is calling in next. Flube, give me like one second. I am going to go grab a drink and I will be right back. Just one, though. Just one. We're not getting crazy. I will be back. I will leave you with, um, you know what? I'll play some of this. Um, Lieutenant Colonel Daniel Davis was actually on Rising Again today and was talking to Brianna Joy Gray. So let's see. Let's see what they, uh, what the Lieutenant Colonel had to say. Uh.
2: President Biden told his audience at a fundraiser on Thursday that
5: Putin was not joking when threatening the use of nuclear weapons in Ukraine. And that suggested that the world is facing, quote, the prospect of Armageddon for the first time since the Cuban Missile Crisis.
7: Military expert at Defense Priorities, retired Lieutenant Colonel Daniel Davis, says Biden knows that a nuclear war over Ukraine is possible and asks, will the president change course? The lieutenant colonel is here with us to weigh in. Welcome.
6: Thanks for having me. Glad to be back.
7: Yeah. Great to have you as always. And we discussed this earlier in our show, uh, how interesting it is to hear remarks from uh, former President Trump recently talking about the desperate need to have peace negotiations between Ukraine and Russia. Meanwhile, uh, you know, Joe Biden is, has said repeatedly, you know, we're as committed to this thing as long as it takes, as long as it takes, um, even though, and I, I think you've said this on our show as well, it, it's inarguable that the risk of nuclear war is now is now greater than it has been maybe perhaps any time in the last, I don't know, last decade, last two decades.
6: Well, uh, much more than that, I mean, that, this is one thing I certainly do agree with uh, President Biden on when he said this is the biggest threat of nuclear catastrophe since 1962, and he's absolutely right. It's never been higher than what it is right now because you have both sides openly talking about it. You have uh, Putin and many of his acolytes uh, openly saying that if this, you know, if our country is threatened, if our existential threat, if we feel like there's one, we'll use nuclear weapons. There's no question about that. And yet we, we acknowledge that tacitly, but then we continue on with these actions that feed into Putin's fear. And there is no good thing for us on that. Uh, our continued going down that path doesn't make us safer. It doesn't make Putin any less likely to use it. In fact, it has the opposite effect. And I'm telling you, we have to change course somehow for our own national security interests.
0: I don't know who Lieutenant Daniel Davis is, but this guy fucking rocks. Hell yeah, dude! Like, please, like, it's nice to hear people who are talking sense. Speaking about people who are talking sense, flu welcome to the show. How are you doing?
8: Hello, hello, Biden.
0: <laughs> welcome back. How's uh? Yeah. How's life? Oh man, life's
8: life's actually been it's been it's been ups. It's been downs. Um. I think the prevailing feeling that I've been experiencing the past, I don't know, six to ten years, is just like a feeling of being distraught, like yeah. not whether I feel good or feel bad. You know?
0: Yeah, I totally hear you. I mean, it's 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 really a wonder that we can still get anything done, work wise, or uh, you know, life wise. Really, when the political climate's been what it's been for. Uh, almost all of our lives. Um, and it's constantly sort of, you're constantly plugged into it. You almost have to make the decision at times just to step away and say, whatever, no. Like I'm not, today's about my joy and about what I want to do and I'm not letting any of this other stuff get in the way, but uh, it's tough to do that. Tough.
8: For sure, for sure. I called out of work today personally. I'm actually, I, I'm getting a... Uh... What is it? I have one wisdom tooth. It's really, really small. Mm-hmm. My orthodontist, when I was like 16, told me it would never come out. And now my dentist tells me it's got to, has got to come out. And so tomorrow, under general anesthesia while I'm wide awake, they're gonna, or a topical anesthesia while I'm wide awake, oh, wow. gonna rip that thing out of my head. And I'm a little nervous.
3: But yeah. I took the day
8: off today, and I went out to the national forest. And I feel good. And also, I just want to say, clear up for everybody. Bye. Uh, this is Julio. Uh, this is
0: my new name. Oh, cool. Yeah, I like Flub. I like that, Julio. That's sick. Hell yeah. <laughs> I Go like that. Yeah, me. Natural Force will be uh, will be great. That's That sounds great. And also, yeah, definitely take the day off before this whole wisdom teeth shit. You know, that's funny, though. You're a wise guy to have, like, small wisdom teeth. I'd imagine your wisdom teeth would be, like, massive, but, you know.
4: Well,
8: normally, that's the case. But the, the, yeah. the doctor is like, oh, or the, the dentist is like, no, it's a baby. Like, just don't call it a big tooth. It's a baby. She insists, but hmm. ugh, I'm, not, I'm not looking forward to it. But uh, yeah. actually what I want to call and talk about was, um, are you familiar with the, uh, the YouTube uh, show, uh, Frank Analysis?
0: Frank Analysis? Um, I don't think so, but let me look it up.
8: Yeah. Look him up. So Frank analysis is a, he's this uh, Hispanic guy who does reporting in the United States. Um, he is responsible for, um, uh, having put forward. uh, he goes to DC. He's at a lot of those events. Uh, he famously was there when they were asking, uh, for the, when, when the Congress people were on the steps, uh, for the moratorium and asking yeah. the questions about like, what about the, what about the 1% and you know, what are we going to do about everything else? Um, hmm. but anyway he hasn't been posting very much lately and then he posted a video today which I thought was actually really interesting and notable and um, he was to some sum, to, to summarize you know he was basically saying that he sees left independent media has become pigeonholed in its own echo chamber to the point that we have all these career driven channels and people are basically uh, defaulting into TMZ he explicitly calls out Haas and infrared the mega communism crowd as being obviously well yeah that's not
0: serious. that's complete bullshit that's very dumb you know I'd, I'd even but, put like to some extent Bosch and, and stuff in that category of just it's it's more about what they're offering is less of like constructive sort of conversations of how we can get to another place or another uh, and more just spectacle and spectacle has its place don't get me wrong yeah. like I, I like having fun sometimes I'm just gonna talk about shit on here I don't care but uh, keep going. Don't mean interrupt.
8: No, it's okay. I, yeah. that's, you're you're right. I would just say that uh, Franco's video I thought was it was very nuanced. It was very careful. It was very clear. Um, as a Hispanic guy, you know, I watched I watched his content because uh, I identify with him. Yeah. And uh, you know, I don't agree with everything Franco says, and especially like the stuff about crypto and all that other crap. But I do think that he does have a very measured analysis, and I do think that he's touching on something because he, he mentions that, you know I've basically stopped, or he says that he's stopped listening to um, most of left independent media on YouTube when he used to listen to it all the time. And yeah. I'm kind of in that boat too. You know, I started off years ago, years, years, years ago, with like um, a local library in town that had socialist <laughs> influence. Going from yeah. there to like Democracy Now, then going from there to like uh, David Pakman. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. And then, yeah. And then yeah. a
8: very quick drop into Jimmy Dore and then into Sam Cedar and Michael mm-hmm. Brooks where I stayed for a long time. Yeah. And and, and the point about it is, is as I look through all of that, I do see that basically the whole independent media to me just feels captured. And at this point, um, Franco is making the case to – everybody has to – we need to do something different. Even the Fred Hampton leftists are, yeah. I think, overly focused on the – You know? PC yeah. PC's yeah.
0: Yeah, that's been an interesting, in, interesting one to called, see, honestly.
8: Yeah. I called into Sabrina Salvati's show, and I tried to explain to her how, you know, I'm a first-generation person in this country – you know, my mother, refugee, that grew up in right. poverty. My father right. grew up in racism. In my house, we you're going to college. There's no question about it. You're yeah. facing that middle class status because that is the quickest way to build generational wealth, Here,
0: Dude, that's, that's exactly very- why I'm a lawyer. That's exactly, exactly... I didn't have an option. You know, they're, In Nigeria, they say you have three options. Uh, doctor, lawyer, or engineer. And that's it. And a lot of that kind of carries over. So I 100% like that for first generations in particular the the pursuit of the quote unquote American dream or at least of education and getting those jobs is uh, it's not really an option, so I totally hear you
8: I feel like I just feel like i'm so I'm upset by it because I feel like Kathleen lose. Professional managerial class, like she is that, she understands. Well,
3: she, yeah, she, she understand
8: yeah. From the perspective of a, somebody who is coming in from like a first or second generation background, who has this immigrant perspective and understands why we're being pushed so hard into these professional uh, jobs. Well, I called in the Sabrina show to, to, to tell her about how I had done all the, the stuff I was supposed to do, I pursued it, I achieved this middle class status, and it's miserable. It's totally yeah, it sucks ass. It sucks fucking
0: balls. I mean, like paying bills on time is nice, but everything else sucks balls.
8: Yeah. Well, I'm about to. I'm. I'm at the point where I do think that Franco is correct, and I do think that other thinkers like Matt Chrisman um, and Slavoj Zizek and uh, Adam Curtis and those uh, that are really looking to the future understand that the future belongs to the people who are willing to to give up everything, and by that yeah. I mean really give up their give up all of their uh, presuppositions about what the future and what comfort and what living and what community and what all of these things are. And hmm. that is the real meat of the conversation that I, it's happening, but it's very, very little. And it's not, I guess it's just not enough. I don't know. How do you feel about that?
0: I, you know, it's funny is that, uh, uh I, I got two things to say about this in particular, but last, I think it was last week or the week before I actually did an episode about the professional managerial class and how I used a quote from a a video game called Disco Elysium, but I really like it. And the quote was this, uh, capital has the ability to subsume all critiques into itself. Even those who would critique capital end up reinforcing it instead. And I think a lot of the focus on the professional managerial class, a lot of the critiques that are specifically curtailed towards the professional managerial class and the the degree to which we fixate on the professional managerial class, as opposed to the system, which pushes people into that class with no other options, I think it ends up making us fight amongst ourselves which again, serves the system to continue on. I I think it's, you know, the, f- the funny thing is professional managerial class. Yeah, like they're people who will, you know, they're human beings and some human beings are just going to protect their own interests, their lives and livelihood over taking risks or whatever. But that's not all of them, number one. And that's the same. That's true for like every other human being. Meanwhile, the people who are the actual one percent. Like, to spend ninety-nine percent of your criticisms criticizing people who fall within that ninety-nine percent I think is fucking ridiculous. And honestly, where 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 I and it's ridiculous because it doesn't actually attack the problem. It doesn't attract it doesn't actually attack power. And it starts to become more of a um you know, I wonder if I should say this. There's elements to it. There's there's levels to this shit, right? But like, I, uh, there's, hmm, I'll say this. I saw Brianna Joy Gray uh, put Sabs on and put Nick on, Rising, and they were great segments. And it was awesome to see that. And Nick, in particular, had really great things to say. Um, and then the, they had a conversation when they were on her podcast about David Sirota or whatever. And then I saw Jay, I think from Revolutionary Blackout Network, CJ. I saw him uh do a whole video where Brianna Joy Gray's face and her name was used as clickbait. It just said Brianna Joy Gray or BJ. G protects the manager- her friends in the manage- professional managerial class and it's like oh you're just you're also just catering to an audience aren't you motherfucker like oh i see oh i see you're you're doing the clickbait stuff to try to get your clicks in and get people to watch you and that that is again i'm not i'm not like even criticizing uh CJ on this but I'm criticizing the incentive structure that creates people like CJ to do those kinds of things for clicks and views. Like this motherfucker just puts you on, nigga. Like that's what I'm thinking in my head is like, this motherfucker just puts you on. Like you got an opportunity right now and she's actually down for the cause of shit. But like, you're too busy thinking about like, and, and thinking about you, And where you're not at. And where she is at. And like... Because nothing about that critique, nothing about that critique uh, aided the downfall of capitalism. Nothing about that critique. And again, I'm not saying don't criticize a professional managerial class. There's plenty to criticize. And I, you know, there's plenty to criticize about myself included. But when we're talking about these systems that are oppressing people, and the continuation of the system, and you're spending all of your time fucking talking about shit that does not matter, then you're not really thinking about the people who are hungry, are you? What the fuck does like talking about Breonna Joy Gray protecting or arguing about David Sirota What the fuck does that have to do with feeding motherfuckers? Like, what does that have to do with healthcare? What does that have to do with actually changing the system? And then you start to think, like, you you start to think that there's, there's a reward mechanism through these algorithms which create those kinds of critiques and people who stay on them. You know? Like, there is a leftist media, especially independent leftist media right now, uh not in the best space as far as how it 's actually prioritized on youtube or <clears throat> or really wherever right it's just it's 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 hard to grow and for people who want to make that their career uh, you got a lot of people out here trying to do whatever they can to grow
8: yep well that 's the critique that's the thing i mean franco anal- frank analysis basically the sum the sum of his video in the end what he said is this show will always be about reporting. This is a hobby that I do on the side. This is not how I try to make a living. This is not how I'm not chasing views. I'm reporting out information. And we need to, we need to break the format and we need to figure out a new way to use our, our, to use audio and video and all the power of, you know, our, our, what we call online, you know, the yeah. web. To, to reach people, because what we're doing right now is what we're doing right now. It really does feel like we've basically just ended up in a. Um, we all ended up in sort of a cave with each other. Yeah. I think what Brianna Joy Gray is doing, it seems like it seems useful, but to what to what end? You know, I, I just don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the reasons I, I mean, I, I the to what end is a good question. It's Colin, a good question,
8: Colin. Colin is fundamentally so. Fundamentally, uh, I I think that one of the most powerful things that Colin ever had was the clipping function, where you could clip directly out of the podcast yeah. and post directly to social media. They put yeah. a kibosh on that immediately because I'm pretty sure because of how it was hitting the algorithm. People really want to hear audio; That resonates with those little clips and clips and stuff. And that was removed. It really does feel like you know we will always be sort of we Will always be one step behind the algorithm, and we will always be. Uh, bah- well, the, the 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 internet is no longer; it's not a social infrastructure. You, I even I host a website. You've seen all my zines. You've seen I've yeah, heard all that. Yeah, that's stuff true. You. Yeah, yeah, you have. That website could be shut down at any moment by the hosting company that I go with. If for some reason, they decide could to be. violate it or something. So there is basically there's there's nothing. I, even I can host a server at my house, but even that is so limited and it yeah i i just don't know i'm i'm looking now and i'm saying what is going to happen in the future and the future is unpredictable and the future is going to be belong to people who are willing to sacrifice everything their whole notion of what reality is to find something new and it's going to be terrifying and it's going to be exciting and there's going to be infinite possibilities in both the directions
0: and i I really like that. Yeah, keep
8: going. Yeah, it, it's keep. exciting. That's what I'm saying. It's like it is. It is so is. much possibility. All, uh, but all of that is happening in the context of this escalating war. You know? and so he, uh,
0: here's the thing, though, Floob. When <laughs> I don't want to call you Floob now, <laughs> hey, Julio. I'll Are call you Julio, you? man. Okay. I'll call you Julio. Yeah, Julio. Uh, uh, here's here's what I find. Very interesting about that though is it may be absolutely necessary for people to start sacrificing like everything to find something but the kind of the irony is the system as it's currently existing is slowly squeezing more and more people into having to take that option and that is very much in line with how uh Marx and Engels thought a socialist revolution was inevitable because of this, you know, uh, Marx was pretty obsessed with the tendency for the rate of profit to fall. But really, I think we could think of it more as like a short, like a, a long, slow, progressive squeeze of allowing people to live comfortably of allowing people to live according to their own uh, volition, their own desires.
8: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the thing. It's like, so we're confronted with this moment and it's both exciting and terrifying because we know that we have to sacrifice the notion of the future that we were taught growing up, this illusion, this thing that's never going to happen. And so the yeah. question is that we all have to ask ourselves is will we be frozen in this moment and unable to move, or will we be able to adapt and evolve and change? Um, yeah. I got to say, my last zine. So uh, I do a zine called Southlands for everybody. Um, I'll go ahead and I'll put a link in the chat. Yeah, please, so please check do. The zines out. But I do zine, Southlands, and they have been a series of introspections on what's going on. Within the world, from my context being in the South, and uh, the last one that I did, I did, uh, I ended it with a uh, a tribute basically to Black Lives Matter. It was prior to Black Lives Matter being a, it, it's blowing up quite the way it did. This is all before George Floyd, and yeah. all of that stuff has come and passed, and 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 there have been some gains, but overwhelmingly. Uh, that mode, that mode that I was in back in 2016 when I made Southland 4, that is old and dead and not working. And so I am wondering what the heck, where to move. I'm working on Southland 5 and I think what I'm doing is I'm digging deeper into the, the real, the analog, the, the, the world, that the, the notions of the spirit and connectedness. Those are-
0: You know, I love that connected. stuff, yeah. I think one of my favorite conversations i ever had with you julio is when you were just describing the quakers to me and kind of like some of your upbringing and um you know i we're we're missing a lot of that in in modern society there's not very much to commodify around that right so those things I about think, like these i don't know these,
8: uh, those deeper that things they don't really get discussed you're talking about i think what you're referring to is the sacred it's mm-hmm. this notion that yeah. objects have a meaning, or symbols. Things things can have meaning that's deeper than the symbol that represents it. Right? Yeah. And and I do think that the sacred does exist everywhere in society. I just think that it it exists in more degenerate forms more often, and so this would be like pleasure seeking, right? Yeah, right. dog. Yep. So self worship is all about the sacred, S- but it's sucking and fucking.
0: Sorry.
8: Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: but that's it. Yeah. Sorry, I I could have stopped, but please keep going. Say so you're saying self-worship say, is all, or, or or something was all about the sacred.
8: You're, I of, think you're trying to reignite the sacred, and the sacred concerns yes. like community. The sacred concerns the actual bonds we have with each other. Our connection, our perceived and felt and real connection
3: with
0: yeah
8: the universe and the world and. And the, the the things in it that make it uh, like worth living.
3: I, yeah, yeah.
0: We we are so, not
8: talking about those things.
0: You, not at all. I mean, look, like the uh, sacred God. I wish I wish there was. I, I, I will always. I'm constantly sad that like religion. Maybe it was always just this means to control and whatever and, and and to manipulate people. But some of these things like the sacred that exists outside of religion, it's it's deeper than religion. It's it's older than than religion. But you can yeah. feel these sort of bonds with each other, with people, these these things that connect us as as one, the things that make you r- Understand well, the things that could lead you to being, doing, saying, existing in something that is profound, that is like uniquely, I don't know if it's uniquely human, but it's one of the things that really does distinguish us, it seems. Well, maybe not, because you see examples of it in nature, but you know, like, I, I mean, I'll give you an example. I, this is going to be a weird story, but I, I had this podcast come up today when I was at work. Uh I don't know, some Bobby Kelly's like a he's like a comedian, but he was on uh a guy named Andrew Schultz podcast, which it's like a comedy podcast. It's pretty funny. They had some stuff they were saying, but he told this story about like going to rehab and meeting this guy who was his counselor or whatever. And ran the rehab clinic and he tells a story about how he, he had previously um, sought help from a priest and the priest was helping him in like uh, AA or Alcoholics Anonymous and they were – he was helping him but he was like 15 at the time that he was hanging out with the priest. And then the priest one night uh, after Bobby had like basically poured his heart out about his addiction and everything, the priest – kissed him twice on the neck and was trying to, like, initiate something. It felt that way to Bobby. And he was like, oh, I don't, like, I had to leave. We couldn't be friends anymore. Um, but he goes to this this rehab center. It's like an all-boys school or whatever. It's like a one-year program. And he's telling a story about this really gruff guy, but this guy who, like, runs the the center. And he would invite boys from the school over to his house. And Bobby kept thinking, man, I really like this guy. I hope he doesn't invite me to his house because I'm going to be, you know, molested. Uh, he had had bad experiences with trusted figures before. Uh, and eventually the invite comes, right, from this, this again, this rehab clinic owner who Bobby really likes and who's really helping Bobby through a difficult time in his life. And the owner invites him to the house makes the kids pizza, has them take, like he has all these old sweaters and everything that he has. And he's like, you can take whatever you want from the closets here and ends up just being really kind and nice and good. And they all have a good time and he goes home and there's something sacred about trusting somebody who you respect who you, who you love and who you're in a difficult time, they help you. And then that's it. There's something, you know, like the fact that you can have a moment exist in life where, oh, this doesn't have to always go badly. In fact, I needed this person to be there. They were there. And that affected me. And the funny thing about the guy who ran that clinic is according to this story that Bobby was telling, Bobby Kelly, is that the guy had used to be like a big shot guy married to some famous opera singer, had all this money, all these cars and everything, but was an addict and lost everything. You know, lost his wife, everything, and decided instead of just giving into his addiction and dying, he was going to build a school to help other boys from not becoming like he did. And he did that. And then it's transferred to Bobby. There's something, now for a lot of people it may sound like, oh, that's just nice. But if you've ever been in that kind of like a really dark place and there is this sort of just, I don't know, there's hope. Someone just shows you hope. Someone gives you hope. An experience of life gives you hope that is a religious experience it it, there is it's deeper it's deep it goes deep and that is you know it's something that that person you know if that person's primary motivation for helping bobby was what do i get out of this what money do i get out of this what maybe i can you know Get this kid to do something it, when all of that shit is just stripped away and you're just allowed to have like human beings helping somebody because just because like that's that's a profound thing and that is something that modern society, especially like a capitalist society, is not very conducive of it's when everything becomes transactional everything.
8: Yeah, I I hear you. I hear you. Like for example, right? I think I can speak to this. Um, for example, there's a uh, there's this sort of notion of uh, festivities uh, in the United States, and it takes the form of these festivals that are all basically, um, you know, you can participate and have a good time in, but are all cost money, and they're not yeah. necessarily cheap. And I grew up, you know, I grew up. Uh, somewhat poor and I I know how much those festivals cost and I know that it's expensive to get a ticket and get transportation yeah. out to them and all that other stuff and it's always like that even if you look at like the fine arts festivals you look at all these little festivals that come to town it's, it, it is all based around you know consumerism because it's commercial and everybody's got to make money and that that does take away from the event it does take away it removes some of that sacred art degenerates it i guess yeah Um, cheapens it. it, it exactly and i and i so so that's why i guess with uh going back to franco is just to say that you know there's all these possibilities i it seems to me and i don't know maybe i'm wrong but it seems to me that the role that social media not the internet and not the technologies we have at large, but yeah. social media specifically, these big platforms run by corporations, to me does not seem like it's going to be the place where um, this sort of this transformational risk-taking is going to even be possible. I yeah. think it's going to happen outside, and it's like you said, it's going to be in the sacred moments where we are with each other and in situations where we are uh, you know, in relative – Peace and comfort, and have the, you know, if the the necessary environment to be vulnerable with each other,
3: and to, yeah. have to
8: trust and love each other, because that's really what's going on, you know. What is it? Uh, Rainer Marie Rilke, uh, he uh, wrote uh, letters to a young poet, famous poet, and hmm. in one of the letters he says, um, "To love another person—that's the final test of proof, the work for which all other work is preparation." And I do think that, like. Uh, thinking back to Kierkegaard and various other philosophers, yeah. it really does all come down to uh, this sort of connection we feel. We call that emotion, yeah. that feeling that is very real and inside all of us. We call yeah. that love as cheesy and as weird as that sounds.
0: But Dude, I think we, think we ne- need to channel that. 100%. We need We need a little more. Look, it's only cheesy because because, I don't know, the system as it is doesn't know how to actually replicate it. So they have to devalue it by calling it cheesy, by branding it as something that is not worthwhile when it's the only thing that's worthwhile. Or frankly, it's the the most worthwhile thing if nothing else.
8: All I know is it's something new and it's something that we're going to end up having to make. Uh, so that I guess I'll, I'll guess I'll leave you with that. I mean I really I really am happy by that I got I got in to listen live and talk.
0: Yeah, to you. Julia, it's been a, a while. I I always love talking with you, man. It's it's uh, it's always a pleasure. So thank you for stopping in.
8: All right, I'll go ahead and drop my link in the chat for everybody. Y'all don't make.
0: Please do. Yeah, please do. Please do. Take care. Yeah, well, that always gives me hope. That kind of stuff always gives me hope. Honestly, let's end out the night, Sally, What's going on? How are you doing?
9: I, well, first thought, I I was thinking like doctor, engineer, and lawyer. You went for the easy one.
0: I did. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. I absolutely did. I was like, fuck all them books, cuz okay, I'm doing my you have thing. <laughs> to make me do this.
9: Where that didn't end
0: first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly,
9: no, exactly. I, I was listening to it because I'm I'm very sometimes I'm very confused with this thing. Maybe it's because of the age difference. Maybe it's the cultural difference. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I I listen to I I have I don't know how what age is it, Julio or Julio,
1: mm-hmm. but
9: it sounds to me like. You notice know, that yearning you have when you are kind of a teenager that you yeah. lose on time when, like, life is is coming at you and coming through coming you through sometimes, you. and you know, like, not having time to think, to stop for yeah. a second and think about it. Yeah. And yeah, I think it, it, it ends up with what you were saying actually with uh, i with the connection the human connection is having others yeah it's i don't i wouldn't call it sacred i wouldn't call it religious <laughs> i yeah. wouldn't yeah. call it uh, i could call it kindness trust love all yeah feelings that it's, it's, they feel you yeah. and sometimes you 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 might have like a set of work or whatever it is you do and because I think that we are it, the thing is, in that I agree with you, like empathy and yeah. kindness are like the the things you need, the things you cannot go without, otherwise your life works, like someone, someone that makes you laugh, you know, those things. But on the other hand, I listen sometimes to this... To to the, to people saying things like we have to give up everything and stuff like that, right? And I, I don't know if they really have any idea what they're talking about.
0: With because, the giving up everything.
9: Yes, because mm. I, I've been, <laughs> I've been through hell and back, like more than once, and and I and I've seen and I've met many people that. Gave up everything, or being, or maybe like they were taking everything away from them, right? There are so many people living in the in the ways that they kind of are idolizing. Like, hmm. idolize, I don't know if that's a word even, but that I'm not sure that they are taking that in account. Especially because if you ask them, none none of them. Sorry, this is a critic, but I I think they're feeling some. they're failing to see that none of them are willing to go without electricity. So none of them are willing to go without, without food, of course, but without running water or heat, right? And so who are all these people, right, that are going to work to mine the lithium to give the heat to them when they are so brave that they abandon everything? Who are the people that are going to work in the factories to make the tools that they're going to use to, to make the food out of the, of the land that they're probably going to buy? And I, I think that it's, it's kind of a, uh, and I, I'm not saying they are wrong. I'm saying that maybe they lived in, a, even if they were poor before, they lived in a, in a, in a privileged country all their lives and they haven't seen that part or they they have all these things like the energy everything like granted in a way even and and yearning for uh, i don't know for instance like free uh, like universities and stuff like that 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 wasn't enough okay you get yeah. a cell, you have a job and it's not enough I think that what mainly happens is that in in these days, it's a fucking crazy world, and it's so difficult to get relationships between each other, right? Well, that's
0: the thing. That's the thing, Sally. I think, like, look, there are some things that we wouldn't necessarily call sacred, but that are necessary for life. And in their rarity and our ability to not have access to it, they kind of become sacred, right? Like, think of water. Water is necessary to live. We cannot live without water.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: To walk through a desert time and time again for a long time, you can imagine the idea of access to water being something that is treated as sacred. In fact, there's a whole book series basically about that. The Dune series, um, at least the first book, Dune where water is sort of sacred on the planet because it's a desert planet. I think that for people, especially who are living younger people living in this sort of machine sort of where, where their entire existence is really them as a consumer and not them as a person and where they don't have the opportunity to really interact with people on a deeper level and where social media is kind of, Rewarding certain types of behaviors to just like try to make it as empty and flashy and advertising as much of an as- advertisement as possible that things like community become sacred that things and like they are you know well, th- th- those I things mean, become more sacred
9: yeah they are but yeah, but then i I listen to them here listening to this all this because they're okay they're philosophers, some of them are smart, some of them are not that smart. Some of them are very European centric, have no idea what to do with the rest of the world. And sometimes I find them like like having this these big thoughts of this big like waiting for change to happen, right? Like, okay, we have to leave everything out. And actually what they're lacking of is this community, these people I mean, I'm not saying that that solves the problem at all but that maybe they are not looking for the connection because it's so difficult right now. It's so difficult mm. nowadays. As you said, it's not, it's, it's scarce. And they are not talking about that, these people, right? They are talking about communism. And and of course, I mean, when he was talking about his job and, and middle class job and everything, the third thing that comes to your mind is alienation of work from Marx. Yeah, That we all suffer, right? Right. And yeah, and we need, I mean, we just don't need to be fed. We don't, I mean, I think that many countries in the world have proven That you feed the people, you give them jobs, like they are very precarious existence. And they, and then they, you lock them for two years in, and out of, out of any other people contact. And then, and you raise at both generations that main, the main contact is through a computer and they are lacking something, they will always lack something. Yeah. One is the, the the contact love, is the, the friendship, is the trust in a person, is the, is the, the feeling that there is someone there to have your back. You know, when you don't have that, I mean, when I was religious, very religious when I was growing up and I think that I remember when I stopped being <laughs> Really just the first thing that I missed was this thing that I thought was holding my back. And mm. you know, and this there this something that I could be trusting in in helping me all the time. And I think the only replacement for that or you don't have to replace it, of course you have to have both. It's, it's friendship maybe. It's not even sometimes it's very difficult to find a partner or a or a lover. Sure. But you can find a friend. But then the other part, the economic part, I think that we have to look at the whole picture. Because because otherwise you are living you are going to live out like a lot of people that otherwise how, how are you just answer me that. I mean, like, wh- how are you going to get your electricity if
0: you leave everything, right? Well, like,
9: yeah, yeah. Well, Who's going to yeah, mine the lithium? Well, you're saying different...
0: the, the, yeah, the idea of, like, everyone leaving everything and it will make the current system, at least the necessities of the current system and a lot of the good that the current system has brought, arguably stuff like electricity. Um yeah will make it unsustainable. But, like yeah, it it, it won't, no. it won't, it'll collapse if everyone is leaving from, you know, mining lithium or whatever.
9: No, 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 I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is like, okay, about all these middle class and upper class or whatever people that can afford to buy a land, leaves, right? There will be a lot of people, maybe not at their side, not, not, they won't be looking at them, maybe they will be in other countries, but they have to be providing all that things for them, right? Because it's affordable to so many, right? Not to everybody to have such a life. You not know, it's not affordable to anyone that cannot rent or buy something. It's yeah. not affordable to you know, so you will still you probably will have all these things, right? But and and maybe the economic I, we'll I think I understand. Yeah, yeah, I think well I
0: I think I think the main problem a lot of people have right now is that so much of work and so much of labor is done for the generation of wealth for other people and not really the enrichment of ourselves is number one. And then number two is that in doing that, we create a lot of unnecessary work, which takes up our time and seizes, up, seizes us with the opportunity to basically create meaningful connections within our communities and to experience friendships and, uh, you know, to, to Yes. Pursue those things in life, and then at the same time, we should be with the greater sort of uh, with increasingly better productive forces at our disposal. We should be eliminating a lot of the scarcity that would have been uh, sort of a and uh, not necessarily necessary, but that would have been uh, around in times when we did not have those productive forces. So people who are unable to have housing or, or proper housing from before, now, theoretically, everyone can have that housing because we have greater productive forces which can provide that for people. We have greater productive forces which can provide enough food to feed everybody. And I think what we're, I think what the main sort of concern or or the main, what we're mostly pissed off about is the uh, contradiction between those two things. Between one, that we have all of these productive forces, which should Mm -hmm. allow us to have more free time to actually meaningfully Mm -hmm. participate in community and have friends and do all of these things. Yet we're more and more unable to, it seems we have less and less time and it's becoming more and more difficult to form those meaningful connections when it should be the opposite. And it's that contradiction that I think people get really upset about so um,
9: imagine, imagine this you have all this, you, you have the, you leave just the jobs that are necessary, like producing food because there would always have to be like some sherry shop to do, but you you just live making food, you just live the essential you don't you don't need like a, a real estate agency or you know a fin- financing. Blah blah blah, or a bank has mm-hmm. leave the essential, and you split it like because we have to have food in in hours, right? You have to maybe what everybody who has to work an hour a day tops, you know. If you leave out all the non the non necessary jobs, and I'm not talking about like it. really, there are some jobs that are just writing paper, taping paper into a computer that tells you know those jobs that yeah. is full. That is not necessary at all. So if you leave those out, you would have you would have the, the time, right, to do what 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 is what is to live. You would have time to live, right? And on the other hand, you would be not living out because if every middle class decides to leave everything and leave off the land and to art each other, but right. There will be, there will be people in South America mining the lithium, so they can have that life, right? Right, but the, the no, the, no, just they will live. It, they will live, the last thing that you say, and but again, this anger that he, that this anger that you that you mentioned, this anger that then I I, I can tell you, I want to tell you something about it. Uh, is making that it's not just a time. It's very difficult to connect with each other because there's so much, like distrust and and anger and and not just because people have become crazy. It's because a lot of shit happens, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I, I don't know I, if I'm clear. That no, I
0: think, I think I think I uh, think. What do you think? What do you think are the primary? motivations or the primary causes of a lot of that anger and distrust?
9: Well, I think that the, the main thing is asking about, I think it has that, it has the basis of, of on a system that is a shitty system that is a completely a uh, completely that has become obsolete also, right? And that it's, that it's it doesn't. I would. I would. Oh, this would sound so bad. That doesn't celebrate life, right? It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't let you enough time to live. It's like everything with the media, with the entertainment. It's like everything was built in order to keep us working like ants, not like yeah. human beings, right? Yeah. And yeah. i agree agree that. And on top of that, uh, there is this this pressure and this. Pre- there's, I don't know if you, hear, if you ever read Sigmund Bauman about I know, that Read what now?
0: I don't know if I have.
9: Sigmund Bauman. Well, I don't mean, think I have, no. He talks about something that is called liquid fear that is constant in our society right now because everything is so precarious. Like our jobs is precarious. Like you can, you can have a job but then lose it and you are out of everything, right? and you're on mm-hmm. the street, like everything you can lose, like there's so few people that are not in this precarious state that can be lost at any second, that the, that the anxiousness provokes. And I think on top of that, there is something going on right now that started like a couple of years ago that it's been this anger and this is being utilized for politics, and for bringing up uh, this right wing, which I, we can talk for hours about, but I see it in Brazil, I see it in Chile, I see it in yeah. Argentina, I see it when I hear you talk about the U.S., I see it in Spain, I see it in Italy, France, and and you see these same people, like this top, the Steve Bannon, like appearing in every back of the photos, and yeah. And so much money, being, that I think it's making things even worse. And this, we have like, I, like I don't know if I told you this. We have this, this new guy that is a Bolsonaro kind of guy that repeats very aggressive things, like the worst, the worst thing you can imagine for because it's out of context. But recently he said, like, give me the list of the thirty thousand disappeared. Mm-hmm. And that is in my country, it's like okay, it's, you cannot go lower, <laughs> and it the the thing is that this hatred that always existed, kind of in like discrimination from classes and parties. They the the happened that a a guy right uh, uh, tried to shot the vice president right. He put a gun like. Yeah, As, yeah. Yeah, okay. When when they got this guy and they started going around, they captured the cell phone, right, of these people. And those were exactly the, the, the things that they were telling each other, right? That was exactly the same things that this guy and the other guy that is in his party are saying. Exactly. And things very useless. Which guy? Because uh, Millet, he's called Javier Millet. They were... And, he, he is very ridiculous. But one of the things they say is like taxes. Like taxes are ruining everything because like we have to get taxes away. Yeah, yeah. And this well, guy,
0: yeah,
9: yeah. This guy that was repeating that was a guy who lived with who, who lived with his parents, right? Who was mm-hmm. an employee who doesn't pay fucking taxes almost, right? Because in that regard, he doesn't. Yeah. Know
0: what he's doing. And well, yeah. I mean, probably it has a way to make people be fucking dumb. Like look, I think I I'm starting to think people's like we're we're a weird species, you know? Like if it's almost like we feel things, what is it? There's some kind of god call, I'm trying to call back to my psychology undergrad and I just cannot remember, but I think there's some kind of like um it's like post post-action rationalization things, right? Um, so there's a lot of like times where we do some wild shit. We'll just go out and do something completely crazy. And then when someone asks some, the reason some you said some bullshit or what?
9: Bullshun, bullshun. Like I don't know how to say it in English. That and life
0: yeah, okay. Yeah. Life potion. I've heard of a love potion, but not a life potion. But um,
9: No, but no potion. No, the no potion. Like when I, 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 I'm inventing the word because apparently I do that. Like word okay, that, okay. That I don't know how to say. Like I say it in Spanish with certain accents. And I say, like, pulsion in Spanish. It's like, okay, like cool. Yeah. Like a uh, for death or an urge for life
0: okay yeah and that's that's the thing is that people will so people will just do some wild shit and then when you ask them why afterwards they'll come up with a justification after the fact they don't really have a they can't articulate why it was before the fact it's rare right it's not it's it's usually like even the justifications that we give ourselves sometimes are not consistent it's just we wanted to do some wild shit i just want to fucking do it you know and okay. i think that when it comes to
9: yes oh it, do you even think it like that or you just go and do it when it
0: no up? well you like do, you do it. it it's usually this you feel some kind of compulsion especially when we're talking about like impulsive things or things that are well, more like
9: compulsion, compulsion or portion what I was talking right. about is that right yeah is that oh okay
0: yeah that's mean? right that's that, yeah that's what okay. yeah yeah okay that makes sense um So when people people will just feel that urge and be like, yeah, I got to do something and then they'll do it. And then boom, it's like after the fact, they look for the reason. So him saying taxes, the truth is he's not in tune enough with himself or aware enough of himself to know why he did what he did. He just knows that he felt like shit and he wanted to do something. And this is what it felt like doing. And that's like, that's a real human thing. You know, I'm not saying that guy's like, I I, I think it'd also be a mistake to like, look at that guy and be like, oh, he's a piece of shit because his, because he can't tell or he can't articulate why he feels that sense of just like, I got to do something and then says taxes, right? It's, it's, these are the conditions. I don't think it's any, I don't think right. it's unrelated that these conditions make people feel and act crazy, right? Like it's, it's a, it's yeah. like a feature. I mean, it's Absolutely. technically a bug, but like, it's a feature. It's like a necessary consequence of the, of the pressures that they're under. So, Absolutely. you know, it's, 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 yeah, of course, a line list, line. of course, there's a line,
9: That's listen, of
0: course, there's a line, the right? That the,
9: the, 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 the consequence—not for human right, Yeah, thing, for her, but the consequence of all of us. What would have been the next day? It would have been like civil war here.
0: Look, a hundred percent. Look, I get it. I get it.
9: In the face, uh,
0: of course, of like course, of course. But but you know? but it's it's no, but these thing things
9: that how like many the people. How many people that are pushed? At the, the, the way you're saying, like like uh, they are like. Punching someone, right, or or skating, yeah. or something yeah. like that. How many people of this can be pushed, 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 push and and you will find the ones that are not center enough to. You, you know, because you you, you will repress it, right? You will Right. Well, the family, but you won't go and kill someone, right? But eventually Of course, of
0: course, Sally. Like, I'm not so, I'm not trying to make an excuse for no, the action no, of going and going to try dangerous. to kill somebody.
9: It's dangerous. No, I'm right. not saying that any of those, I agree that I'm not, to, I'm not going to say, oh, those people are shady people. Because that's not the solution. Even if I go, like, for instance, there's this... Like, oh, these these people are racist. I mean, no, it's mm-hmm. not the solution because, okay, you're. what do you do? Uh, they're racist, no, so that's their problem. No, no, no. These people are all our problems. I, 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 I'm not I 100% get
0: problem. that. I 100% yeah? agree with that. I, I The thing I will say okay. is that a lot of these times, I I find that you have the most success where you just – you. Uh, Address the factors that lead to triggering to people into these spirals to begin with. Yeah. I think I think a lot of the times that kind of preventative care, basically, or those preventative sort of measures, those those um, um, what do you yeah. call them? They're not preventative, but there's also no. like post, like before no, shit goes uh, down, like do, yeah, do. like, preemptive, like, whatever. It does, it does, there's another I mean, word. Medicine, right? Yeah. And yeah. Well, there's preventative care, which has a, a thing in medicine. And then there's kind of no, like preemptive sort of measures and like <laughs> no, l- l- stopping the saying. triggers. Right. Like stopping the triggers from actually causing these things yeah, in certain yeah. people. And, and you won't always be able to stop all of them. You just won't. I mean, like, look at John Lennon being killed by the guy who, exactly. you know, read Catcher in the Rye. But like that it's I would like for when those things happen. Sally, I would like for when those things happen for us to have enough of an understanding as people to know that like we don't have to start a civil war because some guy killed John Lennon because he had a mental illness. In the same way that this guy who's like taxes or whatever the fuck he's talking about, if we could have the ability to actually say like, hey, well, maybe he, you know,
9: know, he he didn't
0: actually kill her because of taxes or attempt to kill her. Maybe he's just crazy.
9: No, no. This is the taxi guy. Is one of the was there, and the other one. the, the, the other one is in jail. I mean, there's no, there's mm-hmm. nothing anyone can do. I mean, and the Civil War. I mean, I wouldn't be, but this this thing that is, is being, these, these two groups are once against each other since 1810 when the,
3: mm-hmm. the
9: country was formed. Right? It it was going to go beyond control. But the thing is that, for instance, to make an example as what you're saying. Because we are people, there are less people. This, this guy has a, who set the taxes thing, he was hitting a journalist, right? And another journalist put this from like, imagine Fox and CNN. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This other guy who was the compl- went and stopped him, right? And then he took it aside. And, the, the, and, he, and he's a very kind guy. He stopped, started talking to him and he broke down crying and told him that. Oh. on the other hand, we are the country with that by far we have an an insane amount of psychologists.
0: Of what? Work. Biologists?
9: Psychologists. And they all have work, right?
0: Hold on, I still like, didn't catch that. Let me let me put psychologists.
9: Psychologist. Oh
0: psycho I'm so sorry, okay, yeah.
9: And they all have work and it's like getting to know yourself and all that. But yeah. in that time where there was this joke of my father. I, I always read when I was growing up that mm-hmm. he said the urgent never gives me time for the important, something like that. The place. And the thing is that people are like, what I'm saying is, there has to be a way to stop this madness without yeah. people saying, okay, I'll bathe and, and becoming like, Something that can integrate everybody in a better world. In a better yeah. world. I'm not saying democracy, I'm not saying capitalism, of course not. But there has to be a way that is not just okay, I leave everything, I go, because that's kind of selfish. Well, I
0: way. don't well that part I don't understand, the I leave everything and I go part being selfish. I, I think what we mean is that like
9: I think that I, if you got to if you can do that, it's because you have certain privileges
0: well, yeah, 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 but are... I, I, I think let's look at it. Let's not look at it as literal and look at it in more in terms of the solutions that we have to be thinking of can be solutions that do not have to exist within the current framework. <laughs> Here, here's a better way to say it. Like let's get creative. Let's, let's think about things like maybe and, 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 You know, maybe the extent to which we are thinking about the solutions are like the 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 universe of possible solutions is being restricted by uh, the mindset that it has to exist within the currently existing structure. Like, let's come up with potentially an alternative. I think I I think, you know, I think that's what Marx was trying to do in Engels. I think, you know, I think that's I think when you start I, I think when you start thinking that, like you know let's go live in a forest and I'll fuck that's that's a little different you know what i mean like that's yeah. i th- i think it can sound like that but yeah you know yeah. although that that's what honestly that's not I a bad, bad idea no <laughs> so, it's not an idea i kind of like that I'm a little there,
9: bit right? yeah, I'm so yeah. That i kind of pay for a land to go like that's why i'm complaining now otherwise i wouldn't be without the phones I
0: girl i'll man. buy your ticket to the forest fuck it
9: oh really we, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah we're all going they will throw me we'll boy. all
0: go to the forest there we go no but
9: my point is yeah but that's not my point we all do that that's my point. it should be collective it should be something that that is a solution for everybody not for a few that's what I'm saying, right? Mm. You know? That's what I'm saying. Not, for the one, not just for the one that can afford you. you yeah. No, I 100%
0: agree happy. with that. Well, that but I agree with 100%. Yeah. Because
9: otherwise, I couldn't live. I couldn't live. I, I, couldn't live. I, I feel yeah. too much in my life, too much suffering, to be able to live happily. Yeah, that that's I, true. People are,
0: I, I, just can't. I hear that. I hear that. Look, look, I think when we talk about, like, liberation... We don't just mean self liberation. That would be one of those. Um, that would be one of those critiques of like the PMC that I would agree with. Is it can't just be I got mine and now I'm comfortable. Like that is that will lead to collapse. It it just will. Um, yeah.
9: So oh, you know okay. everyone's got oh, to be in the forest. Remain, like it will remain the same system, like the same mm-hmm. oppression, system, right? You have you have those who are invisible because you will be left, like working to get some things that are like because you would need less. But the the thing is that today we have like machines and we have the the amount of food and the means of transportation to feed the whole fucking world. So the thing is nobody should go hungry. That's the first, right? But I think you agree with me that that's not enough. Being fair yeah, or up it's not enough at all. So then comes the other part when we should. And I think that. I, and I think that because I don't know, but I, I also feel like I'm looking for something like you know like doing this. Are you looking today, for
0: I'm a
9: looking, forest? I'm looking for a forest to <laughs> <laughs> for a forest to go. <laughs> forest- to- <laughs> okay, yeah. But I think I think eventually. We will find out that it's just each other, right? Because it's the it's friend, it's a, you
3: know?
0: It's who you do yeah. it with. It's,
3: yeah.
0: a, oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Unless it's like hundreds. And then at that point, it doesn't it matter, baby. Unless it's like hundreds of people all at once. And then it's like, whatever, just let it happen, baby. Like, What's just go that? with it. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm just being weird. Like, I'm just no, getting I fast. <laughs> I what, what? Word. Oh, the word for that? if it's yeah, like, it a, hundreds, hundreds, yeah, like
9: hundreds hundreds yeah, like yeah like
0: many many people yeah yeah
9: yeah i, I you know. i'm really and i'm really struggling because i i find out that I, I i go along i go on like i talk to everybody i have no problem with that but i find out that like half of the people i meet i really don't like so <laughs> that's, <laughs> me, this that's fair enough it's like yeah, yeah to me thing is going to be like a challenge also but I trust that I I don't know because you, you don't come to be like, okay, you in my community you don't you okay, right? But I don't know. I, it's it will work out somehow if there is like people not suffering. And people not suffering being yeah. mean, okay, not just being fed. that's mm-hmm. not enough. Okay, yeah. I leave you yeah. I appreciate
0: not- no Sally, that's that's very good. I I I I think we got somewhere. Uh, so yes. I appreciate you calling in. I really no, do.
9: I, I really like talking to you. I, I'll be back.
0: Yeah, okay. please, please come back. Yeah, I appreciate it. And I'll, uh, again, that forest offer—we're still, we'll, oh, we'll yeah. create a roster. We'll figure it out. We'll get there. We'll all get yeah. there, everybody.
9: I <laughs> think we should, we should kick out some British rich guy or something from my from the line here. And no, I'm we, gonna we fuck we him too. Nah, he's
0: going there too, and I'm fucking him. That's what's happening in that forest. Uh, <laughs> He's good. No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, but no, 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 uh, no, it's, it's good okay. speaking with we you. Yeah. Like,
9: maybe if we can offer something fun enough, he will take it and we will all live together before.
0: <laughs> maybe. Maybe he maybe he can fund everyone. Maybe he'll, he'll change his ways. Be like, oh, a, bit, yeah, a bad Brit.
9: Absolutely.
0: Now
6: I want to go to the force to fuck everyone.
0: And I'll be like, <laughs> all right, well, I believe you now. It's okay. But yeah, thanks a lot, Sally. I, I, thanks for calling in.
3: Okay, see you. All right, take care. Bye.
0: All right, bye. Andrew, what's up, man? How you doing? Oh, Andrew's still in the forest fucking. He can't hear any of us. See, Andrew's actually living the life that we say we want to live, you know? He's achieved the socialist dream. He's surrounded by 10 formerly wealthy Brits. (laughs) And they're just fucking going to town, dog. All of them. Well, while we wait for him to uh, finish, but um, uh, I'll say the last thing about this. Uh, I'll give the wrap up now. And then, you know, if he's back, then he's back. If he's not, he's not. Look, we've, we've kind of gone a little bit away. We talked a little bit towards this last hour about more of like the sacred and got more into like what the socialism, socialism revolution looks like, who should be liberated and all this stuff. But The original topic was this war in Ukraine, was this attack on the Crimean Bridge, was this realization that this is probably, look, this looks like, if it's not the Ukrainians who did it sneakily, it, it, there have been a couple of different events now that all look like, it looks like it's either the, not necessarily the US or the UK, but People who are invested in staying in this war, people who may be invested in escalating tensions, Uh, who may have carried out this Crimean bridge attack. Probably. That's what, if we go by the qui bono thing, who benefits? That's who seems to benefit. And them and only them. Russia does not seem to benefit from the blowing up the Crimean bridge. They do not seem to benefit from the blowing up of the Nord Stream pipeline. Uh, Both of those events actually hurt Russia and escalate tensions, which, you know, maybe you can argue Russia wants to escalate tensions. But again, you have to give me a reason why Russia is going out of its way to fuck itself into using nukes, into having to use nukes, into potentially causing the USA to respond with nuclear warfare in Russia because if Russia starts using nukes in Ukraine or I don't think that's the end of it, buddy. I think we keep going. And with this Nord Stream pipeline being blown up and then also the Crimean Bridge explosion. Uh if it's not Ukraine trying to get the US and the and the UK into the war, if it's not us doing it, I I don't know who it would be. Let's wait for more information to come out. But why are we doing this? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, It doesn't make any sense. And look, I think if you're going to be a world leader of any type, uh, your number one priority always has to be uh, protect the innocent people. Protect your people. And not just your people, but people. Why have the unnecessary loss of life? Protect your species, if nothing else. My God. This needless escalation for what? I just don't get it. I really don't. What I do get is getting into the forest. And these people are really missing that forest from the trees, baby. And that forest is not for war. It's for fucking. That's what the forest is for, baby. We're going to the forest. I'm going right there, baby. Andrew's still there. Andrew is just... Oh, my God. The pleasure. The pleasure. The pleasure that Andrew must be feeling now in every one of his bones from the British forest men. Uh... Where's it going to end? That's it. That's the end of the night. Andrew having too much fun fucking in the forest, y'all. It just is what it is. But guess what? If he's in Utopia, I'm not going to take him out of it. I just hope that we can all get there before these nukes start dropping. Thank you for joining us again tonight at the Fred Hampton Inn of Suites. It's always a pleasure to have you here. We do this every Tuesday. Next week, we're doing the Union stuff. We're going to tell you Rika, friend of the show, is going to be joining. We're going to go uh, have a couple of drinks and we're going to talk about step by step how you, yes, you can form a union in your workplace and how you would go about it step by step. You're going to have the guide, baby. You're going to be the most powerful potential union person since Chris Smalls. And uh, we'll it'll be a good time, be a good time. So uh, thank you for joining us this week. Hope to see you next week and take care.